anti-UFO amendment, which apparently, according to a lot of reports, has been all but eviscerated in going through the House. Now, that's, on the surface of it, bad news. I'm going to argue tonight that it's just the opposite. This is the best news we could have gotten. And I am sure, based on decades, that Stephen will have another opinion. And that's what makes horse races. So um, let me start with a news item to kind of give you context. The reason, of course, that both Stephen and I believe this is the most important problem on the human agenda right now, tonight, December 16th, 2023, is my first news item. If you go to the other side of midnight.com and you click on tonight's banner, which says very uh, dramatically, um, the sudden major war in Congress over releasing UFO technologies. And in the interim, since we wrote that headline, the bill has actually been voted on. Um, I'm not sure whether it's been uh, voted on by the Senate yet. Um, or there's, it's going to have to go back to conference before it gets back to uh, to the president's desk. But it's all over because all sides appear to have been resigned to this as the compromise. Well, that's item number number uh, uh, number two. But number one, with the U.S. wanting to scale back the Israeli-Hamas war and the relationship between these two apparently totally separate events is what we should be in part talking about tonight because Stephen and I both agree that the only thing big enough to alter a declining spiral of history that we see on our TVs 24-7, both in Ukraine and in the Middle East now, is something big enough to change the mindset of an awful lot of people so they see themselves as more related as humans compared to a major staggering unknown out there, which is revealed or reveals itself or is made um, plausible in the minds of an awful lot of people. That's why we're doing the show tonight, because there have been major developments on the political front vis-a-vis that very uh, reality. Uh, For the last several weeks, there has been a major war going on behind the scenes in the House and the Senate regarding who was in favor of real disclosure. That is the, um, um, the, the there's, a, there's a technical term for this, the eminent domain control to the U.S. government of all the UFO research, data, bodies, technology, whatever being held in the private sector currently accruing back to the federal government on behalf of the people of the United States of America. And something so seemingly bland and pablum, you know, just good old patriotism, suddenly became incredibly polarized with Republicans on one side, Democrats on the other. And the final bill that we got last couple of days the the uh, proponents of the original Schumer amendment are claiming has been eviscerated. And again, I will argue on the other side of that equation with hopefully some very important and dramatic new evidence tonight, up to and including 
from the White House. Okay. Um, tell you what, let's leave it on that note, and uh, we'll bring up uh, Stephen here, because uh, it's time to basically go to, um, you know, what's going on right now in Washington. So Stephen Bassett is a incredibly patient, long-lived, persistent, Torian-type political activist in the field of UFOs. Mm. UAP is a modern, you know, bastardization of the field. And he's been at it for decades. He's been at his side of the fence, which is aliens, spacecraft, etc., um, about as long as I have in terms of ET artifacts, ruins on the moon, etc., etc., etc. So, um, without further ado, Mr. Bassett. Hi, Richard. Hi. Well, as the Chinese used to say, may you live in interesting times. Obviously, the Chinese have taken up permanent residence in the uh, House and Senate of the United States. Where are we tonight? Because it's very confusing, even to me, and I follow this stuff. The language in the bill is set. Well, for, for, for that, let's lay out yeah, what the Schumer Amendment was and what yeah, we got. I, I know. I'm just kind of giving you where we are. The, lang- the final language is done. It's not going to be changed again. Nope. And the yeah, bill I, I is totally going agree. to go to the president pretty quickly uh-huh. and be signed. And uh-huh. he's going to sign it. I yeah, think this plan was always on the 21st, uh, which is what? Just think. It's like the Wednesday. damn solstice. <laughs> of course it is. Of course so, it is. You'll get used to it. <clears throat> So what, what's, just, what's just happened, though, is really extraordinary. Great and question, Mr. Bastet. <clears throat> so what just happened? Um, what we had was one of the most powerful men in Washington, D.C., in our government, the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, a member of the Gang of Eight, square off against two other members of the Gang of Eight, uh, and that would be Chairman Rogers and Chairman Turner in the House – over whether or not government contractors could have full domain, I guess you could say, over the non-human technology ownership, that they've been Ownership. Again, whatever. They, they want control and they, they, they want to make the decisions and they, don't, they certainly do not want the government to be able to claim them in a domain. So now think about this. You've got, you've got these very powerful men battling over the language uh, about whether or not our civilian defense contractors can have control over non-human technology. Now, That's hold, literally what it was hold, hold it right there, because what you just said is the cornerstone of my thinking tonight. Maybe I'm naive. This is a huge, huge win for the field. Huge. And I will tell you why. Because in informing this opposition – and watering down this bill, what they have done is left the core of the bill alone, which states in legal language, ETs, UFOs exist. And you don't fight over something that doesn't exist. So that's the win. Yeah, and, and uh, so this, this is uh, – we've been waiting decades. Wow, we agree. And- Stephen, ding, 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 ding. Bassett and Hoagland agree. 
well, there, there's a chess game being played. Exactly, in this exactly, exactly. And Schumer snookered the other side brilliantly, brilliantly. He, he knew exactly what he was doing when he came forward on the 14th of July, 39 days after Grush came. 39, out. twice 19.5. And, and uh, Grush came out and obviously gave the interview to Coulthard and the Debrief mag- uh, magazine or publication uh, and created a huge problem for everyone because that wasn't supposed to happen. And nope. so now the question of human non-human tech is now in, in play. It hasn't been uh, denied. He, There's a food he, he, fight over non something. There's nothing. It's something that's something. In other words, this is the ball game. Ninety-nine percent of humans want someone officially to say yes, they're real. All that stuff is real, and that's what the Congress and the President are about to do together. Admit it's all real. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, Grush brings the non-human technology thing into play, which is too soon. They didn't want that yet. They wanted to have more hearings, particularly Senators. They want this careful, controlled, time-released in 25 fucking years. Sorry for my French. We may dole out, as we deem prudent from time to time, bits of it. No, that's a quote from Dr. Morbius on Forbidden Planet. They're following the script. Well, I would suggest that that Grush, Grush was not following the script. He he came forward because of unusual circumstances. Maybe it's part of a bigger plan, Stephen. Maybe this is for the chess and both sides because this is for all the marbles. This is for the human race knowing finally who it is, how powerful it is, what dimensions it extends to, what technologies to save the earth are trivially available. In other words, the whole Megillah. That's what's at stake. Oh, and by the way, consciousness, where does it really come from? The same hyperdimensionality that the physics is coming from, and so that changes our perspective on who we are, et cetera, et cetera. This is not trivial, Stephen, and we, as of tonight, in my humble opinion, we have won. We haven't won. Well, it's all over with the shouting. There'll be a lot of shouting. I mean, look at look at uh, what's his name, Giuliani, on the steps of the court, where he got socked for 148 million, and he's standing out there saying, "I'm telling you the truth." Sometimes the guys don't know when to fall down when they're dead. Well, the truth embargo, I think, is done. It's it's a matter of it's oh, it's emaciated. It's sitting on the floor in ribbons. And I've got some surprises for you tonight, which are on the artifact front. But anyway, let me let you please continue because we're like only twelve minutes out. Um, we got plenty of time. Set up the context for why you think this is a win, but why the rest of us now have to really pitch in. This is a time for all good men and women to come to the aid of the party. So Grush advanced the time schedule, certainly. Yes. He forced he forced Schumer's hand. He created a big problem for Kirkpatrick because Kirkpatrick knew that what Grush was saying was going to eventually end up in his desk, and he couldn't deal with that. So it was a pretty wild and crazy time. But nevertheless, uh, Grush held up. He, he took some hits. He's, he's continued to give well, interviews. Did you hear – and I forgot to put that in the news item. Did you hear about the amazing reactions of Abby Loeb to Crush? Originally, he was very dead against, you know, charlatan, mental, nutcase, whatever. They had a one-hour conversation a few days ago, and now Abby Loeb is on board 
180 degrees the Grush yeah. train. Abby Loeb had better be on board. Well, but he's but for, in for a rough time. For, if he for is. general political, it tells us where, where where the bodies are lining up, and why Abby Loeb has not responded to either of our two stunning challenges. Anyway, so Schumer did was he he solved the problem. We we haven't had Senate hearings yet. Nope. President is in a position to disclose yet. And Grush has brought the issue of non-human tech literally out front, and he hasn't been rebuked, so it's now literally hanging there in the air. And so he made his decision. There's a tremendous days. echo somewhere in the background of you. It's not me. No, it went away. Uh, in, in 39 days, over that period, he and Mike Rounds got together. And Remind everybody who Mike Rounds is. Mike Rounds is a member of the Armed Services Committee. He's not on the Intel Senate Intel Committee, but he is a important member of Congress, and he he worked with Schumer to come up with about a fifty-page addition. This is Senator the, Mike Round from I forget somewhere in the Midwest, I think, uh, to uh, expand the, the, the legislation as it was. Uh, uh, so far underway. In other words, the, the, the legislation that was being put together in the Senate, they added like 50 pages to it, and they went they went deep. They went big. And the reason he had to do that is that if he did not take action, Grush was going to hang there, and it was going to get very complicated, plus the fact that the, the non-human tech was out there. If he didn't respond in a meaningful way, it was going to start to get very, very weird and possibly ugly. And so he, he went full bore. And so they come up with this significant legislation in which he directly confronts the non-human tech and claims that the U.S. has eminent domain over it and that the, the contractors need to provide a report of what they have. And at some point, after a certain length of time, at some point, the, the government may decide to take it uh, or not take it. Uh, but overall, he's saying, they're, they're saying that the tech ultimately should be uh, primarily in service to the American people. And then secondly, in service to the shareholders of these companies. Okay, that was a punch directly in the nose oh, absolutely. of the entire uh, military intelligence defense contract. But I think there was a second level because knowing that this fight was going to come from behind the scenes to in public, what this has done, either Schumer deliberately planning it or it being an incredibly beneficial side effect, it's identified in the Congress who the opposition is. Well, yeah, he smoked the opposition out, and and and, and it wasn't just the eminent domain clause. Oh no! I mean, they put in they put in the review process, but they made it they gave it a teeth. They gave the review process, which included the UAP uh, review board, subpoena power, as well as the highest classification you need to be able to look and deal with anything. Now, this is just certain individuals that are part of the review process, including members of certain congressional committees. And so you've got a review board, you've got subpoena power, you have eminent domain, uh, and then they have the necessary classification. So he literally put together the ultimate bill that would s suffice in the post-disclosure era after a presidential confirmation to, to immediately initiate and continue to bring forward everything – Ultimately, that is in the government's secret vault, in our in our programs, in our uh, USAFs, and bring it out, review it, give it to the public unless it needs to be postponed, and and it all ends up in the National Archives. This is the whole enchilada, and they called it the disclosure 
control plan, uh, which again, I love these terms. They're literally <laughs> using our language. This, this was it. And so he literally forced them to come out of hiding. Mm. Now, the, the, the defense guys couldn't come out. I mean, they didn't come out by name. They, did, they got in touch with intermediaries who, uh, who knew how to get to the members of Congress that they knew were going to be on the, in the conference, in, in the deliberation. This is their opportunity to make a change. And the reason they had leverage is that uh, – and this is more on the Republicans than the Democrats, but it's, it's both parties. These defense contractors give millions of dollars in campaign donations to these people, big money. And so they've got leverage, and they used it in this case. And they were able to get this thing underway. But it wasn't clear if they could pull it off because, again, Schumer had come out in, in July. This thing has been up there for months. People have high expectations. Grush is continuing giving interviews. It looks like we're, we probably could have held out, but the fight was joined by another person. At the end, it was Mitch McConnell that stepped into it, and that changed the dynamics. He was putting leverage in the Senate, obviously, but it's a Democratic-controlled Senate. So McConnell went and, and broke bread with uh, the three Mikes, Mike Johnson, Mike Turner, Mike Rogers, uh, and let him know that he favored uh, what they wanted, which is to pair this bill back. And that gave them extra clout. And the end result is that the conference mm. committee was able to strip all of the enforcement stuff out of the bill and just leave the essence of the bill, meaning – the concept of bringing the material out, getting it to the National Archives, postponing when necessary, giving it to the public if possible, uh, and the total is about 11 pages. The Schumer uh, UAP Act was 33 pages. I mean in, in, my, in my format. I formatted it into a PDF file. So in a PDF single space, it was 11 pages. Uh, the Schumer bill was 36 pages. So it was over three times as large. And so, but they left the essence of the bill. Okay, and so, and, and so he smokes them out. We know that there's – not only do we not know there's a, a non-human tech, we know that the, the companies that are working on that non-human tech are very proud of it and want to make money from it. And so the whole non-human tech Oh, they thing, want to make a lot of money. Remember, it's exactly. ego time. Uh, and so unless, unless whales and porpoises and elephants have learned how to make computer chips, uh, non-human tech means extraterrestrials. And so we've had what amounts to informal, implicit disclosure, but not the real deal yet. But and, and it happened because of Grush. If Grush doesn't come forward, this probably is not happening right now. And the bill would have been different. So now that that's done, the bill's done, there's really only one next step, and that is the Senate has got to call the hearings that they promised in front of the Intel Committee – for the, well, for the very it, substantial it, list of witnesses ready to come forward. At the first level, and we know this is many levels deep, but at the first level, it would seem logical now, given that Schumer's bill was snubbed, to turn to the chairman of that committee and say it's time and schedule it for the first quarter of 2024. Well, it needs to be January, and there's a reason for that. That's the first quarter. Uh, well, again, early in the year, because the, the first primary uh, – forget about the Iowa caucus. The first primary, I think, is in February. In, the, in, uh, in New Hampshire, you know. Yeah, and that's the real beginning of what is going to be one of the most expensive, if not the most expensive, one of the most partisan, nasty, ugly, bizarre well, that's uh, elections of money. our lifetime. Yeah, it's going to be incredibly And, and it's going to be all bad. Okay. Which is and why so, we need disclosure. So the idea – 
if they don't do this, if they don't, if they hold off these hearings and let them drag, and if they get interrupted because of events in the Middle East or events in Ukraine, then this non-human tech unofficial disclosure is going to be hanging over all of these candidates who are not going to know what they're talking about. They're not going to know how to address it, and it's just going to be a disaster. Mm. On the other hand, if they get the hearings in January and the witnesses that, that we know are going to testify, and, and not for a day, but for a week at least, we're talking 15, maybe 20 witnesses, that this testimony will blow the truth embargo completely up, and in which case afterwards the president could come forward passively and simply state, I'm convinced we have a non-human tech, non-human presence. That's disclosure. That's it. And if that, say that happens at the end of January or early February, that gives all the 2,000 can- balloted candidates a chance to start reading all the books or at least go to some documentaries, get up to speed, learn something about this, uh, and, and have something meaningful to say about it and be able to talk openly about it during this campaign. The issue being what it is, so nonpartisan. It could suck a great deal of the venom out of what is going to be, as I say, could be or the worst campaign of our lifetime. So the benefits politically are enormous. And then ultimately, the benefit to the American people would be that when the four, new 40, 435 members of Congress are elected and 33 members of the Senate and a lot of governors, when those people are elected, they will the electorate will have some idea of what these men and women think about this new world they're in. What, what is their view about the post-disclosure world? What are the implications for them? What do they see happening? How are they going to manage the country in a post-disclosure world? They'll have some idea when they decide who to vote for, and we'll get a government in 2025 that has somewhat connected to this huge shift. So the difference between getting this hearing done early and getting it postponed, even late into the year, June, July, you know, what, when the trials are underway, no. They've got to get it done in January, and so I am pushing with a – Well, the first Trump trial is March 4th. It probably will move downstream a couple of weeks, maybe you know, maybe a month. So you have a window between January when everybody comes back and March, basically a, a two-month window. It's very tight uh, because the primary – And that does not count what could happen, what is probably going to happen – in Gaza in terms of the greatest human catastrophe in modern times. Well, that's the most important reason to get it done. If anything really breaks bad in Well, it's these breaking bad. There's, a lot of people are going to die just because of the lack of any amenities of what we call civilization. They're starving to death. There's no water. You know, it's, it's – and, and, and disease, you know, runs rampant in those conditions. There are 2.2 million people at risk. So any catastrophic uh, outcome from any number of uh, areas, whether could it's take Middle East, whether it's Ukraine, spot. whether it's Darfur, whether it's uh, uh, could take Taiwan. number one of the runway, and this gets sidepedaled because, of course, everybody knows it's not really important. So it'll completely put put this off to the side, and then we'll go into the election, and it, it will be one it'll be hell on earth. This year will go go bad, but if they get it done quickly, then whatever does happen, if something really awful does happen in one of these theaters of risk. It will be in the post-disclosure world, which means that that new world, that new situation is going to help shape the response that we give to whatever takes place. One thing I've learned in my life is that what, how much of a productive and maybe even happy life you have, and it's the same for countries, what, what kind of country you have and how well it goes is less dependent upon what happens to you 
but more dependent upon how you react to what happens to you. That is where the problems lie. That's where the damage is done. And so our problem for, for a long time, the human race, is that we, we react badly to things. And the examples go on and on and on. And so we have to change our thinking. We have to be in a different place. So if, in fact, a nuke gets used in Ukraine, it won't just escalate to a global nuclear war. We'll step back and consider other options. This sounds simple and trivial, but it's not. Uh, the, 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 the paradigm shift to, uh, to the, the post-disclosure world, when everybody in the planet knows there's an ET present, is so big, so profound, that it cannot be disregarded. And it will shape how people think, nations think. Well, it may be shaping it even now, and I've got some really important new data to show you on the other side of the break. Mm -hmm. Then I have a an argument that kind of supports part of what you said and part of what I'm looking at. And then, of course, we have uh, a bunch of other stuff to go to that relates. Remember, there is the artifact side of the house, and there have been stunning developments on the artifact side of the house. Artifact side of the house? Artifact. I'm not what is it? E.T. artifacts, the stuff I've been looking at for decades, ruins, things brought back. We have overwhelming evidence that NASA is hiding on Earth tonight E.T. artifacts in storage, in samples, that Avi Loeb will not touch it with a 20-foot pole. And the president has one in his office and is bragging about it. Wait till so when you see. said House, you weren't referring to House of Representatives. No, the White House. It's, oh, it's, okay. Biden, it's Biden's sample. He specifically requested it when he moved in two years ago. Okay. That's and it's new. got a, a photo and a number and a detail, and I've got people working on the, the engineering. It is an ET artifact. It is not a rock. And it okay. has precision geometry and innards that look electronic. So – um, oh, that's cool. Let me. Uh, we're at the we're at the bottom of the hour, and okay. I have I have a mission, you know, which I'll lay out as we open this uh, second part of our conversation tonight. Stephen and I are in very rare agreement that the <laughs> way this bill came through, ultimately, a we have won, and b there's a lot of work yet to do, but it is not the deplorable catastrophe for UFO disclosure that the press, the mainstream. The lazy folks, the folks with the agenda, have been portraying it to be in the last 48 hours. In fact, it is an amazing win, which we will take the rest of the evening to describe. You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland. We shall return. Hmm. Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive member benefits. 
listen to past episodes anytime on any device. Search the archives of over 180 episodes. Membership costs $9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Support the broadcast that provide you with the most interesting conversation available. Talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. The other side of midnight.com. And welcome back, everyone, to this Saturday night edition of The Other Side of Midnight, the 16th of December of 2023. Christmas rushes down upon us. So my guest tonight is Steve Best for the whole three hours, and we're talking about the incredibly interesting and Byzantine and Emily Dickinson and outright 4D chess nature of what has just happened in the U.S. Congress. And I totally agree, Stephen, that Bassett's going to sign Bassett, the, the Biden, see, too, too many Bs. Biden is going to sign it, and then we'll be off to the races because it officially surrounds with a moat and lasers and whatever the magic keys to the kingdom, and it says it's not going to release them even under the best of circumstances, except through these various agencies and companies that deem it necessary or appropriate. The real goods of the ET UFO discussion, which is the technology, stupid, that that's going to be kept under after 25 years. Well, I will bet you dollars to Navy beans that mandate does not last a year. Because one of the key things <clears throat> which actually forms the background to a really cool birthday party, Stephen, happy birthday and happy Christmas combined this year because you got what we've both been wishing for. And that is, as part of this new law, about to become law, they have now set up, disagree with me if you, if you want to, a central archive <clears throat> for bringing all of this disparate information together, which has been accumulating officially for 70 years, almost three quarters of a century, and which is all over the place, under every damn rock you can imagine, this will centralize all that info so another official congressional law in operation tonight takes effect when whistleblowers leaking from that central archive become forward enough to come forth, lay their jewels upon the table, talk to the New York Times, NRB are totally covered from liability and government retribution by, I forget which piece of legislation enacted a couple of years ago, loosely called the New Whistleblowers Act. So this all works in concert to move the date up as opposed to back, even with the now identified Republican and corporate opposition that real disclosure has always had. Stephen, thoughts? Stephen? Unmuting helps. The, the earlier law was not whistleblower protection, it was witness protection. 
It was for people that are coming forward within the process, within government, as, as allowed for by law, who then get harassed or have a problem uh, with people inside who simply <clears throat> oppose the process. Uh, it's not a whistleblower law. Um, we have already, uh, in, in for some time, whistleblower laws protecting anybody coming forward regarding illegal activities within any part of the government. So it's that's not I think that's not the chess move that, that Schumer made. The move he made it was so brilliant again was this. He 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 put something up there so strong they had to push back. So he forced them out of cover. He forced the the government contractors to basically admit that there's non human tech, which again backs up Grush. All right. Uh which is and, the ball game. And and but the bill and of course they couldn't just eliminate the bill and so essentially what they left in was the basic bill the same thing there would be a process of bringing things forward it would go to the national archives they just took out all the enforcement power to do it mm -hmm. as of that bill now Schumer if he if he is thinking like I hope he is that okay now as we, we everybody goes home for a couple of weeks to chill out they come back to Congress in early January. 2024, and the whole idea that we have non-human tech, which means extraterrestrial tech, is now spreading around the world. The articles about it are just pouring forward as fast as I can uh, archive them yep. on my site. Yep. And so that is now in play. And so, so you you go ahead, you call the hearings, you bring in these these witnesses. who are just going to blow the people's minds when they when they testify under oath. That sets up the president to disclose. Could be as as early as late January, early February. And so disclosure has happened. The world's on fire. Everybody's excited. And a week after that, guess what? The Senate reintroduces the entire UAP uh, disclosure bill intact as is as a standalone. And who in Congress is going to vote against it then? At that point, And yeah. they end up getting it without any hardly delay at all. And so all of that power comes back to the government right? because the people are not going to let that be stopped once they have been informed by their own president. This is an extraterrestrial presence, and that's been confirmed by heads of state around the world. And so they get the bill anyway. I mean it, it's, it's a trust move parks a lot. <clears throat> it's, it's fantastic. And uh, and then he goes on, you know, you, you may have known, know, known this, but he, he went on the floor of the Senate along with the rounds, and he did kind of politicize the issue. He chastised the Republicans for uh, pushing back and taking this out of the bill, and then Round said something, and he said something. But then overall, it was like, well, you know, we got this bill, and we're all going to go forward. So he's kind of taken some of the venom out. Uh, he played it perfectly, and, and keep in mind. That that wasn't the plan. If Gruss doesn't come forward, he's not in this position, right? And so he, he had to adjust to a changing situation. Grush is still getting threats, but he is giving interviews. He said he's had a hell of a time. It's been tough on him, but overall he's holding up. Uh, uh, will other whistleblowers join him? I don't think so. I think right now, if you've got something pretty significant, you want to be a witness. You want to be talking to the intel committee. You want to be coming out as a whistleblower. That is no path anyone should take unless it's an absolute last resort. And so we're looking for witnesses now, not more whistleblowers. Uh, we have the witnesses that will pretty much wrap this up and get, get us the disclosure we, we've been waiting for all these years. Well, you know my old cliche, no single point failure. If you don't have witnesses and you don't have hearings, and that's in the hands of basically one person, the chairman, then what's your fallback? It's got to be the people. It's got to be other grushes that 
see that the water is fine and they're willing to duck their toe into it. And if they're first person witnesses, if they're worked in the program, they use the witness protection part of that earlier legislation to protect their position. We don't want that, though. I mean, we, we really don't it's want not, that. You don't that get what you want in life a lot of times. You get what you have to get to, and then you make modifications. So. Uh, well, yeah, again, it's, it's not going to be pretty, and that's going to be a problem. Now, it's also the case that the House is now fully engaged in this, and you have uh, from the House uh, conservative Republicans that have really taken this up. And so you've got this Well, Burchett said we were hosed, which is very direct language. Well, but he's also said that they're they're not they're actually committed to getting disclosure. They want this truth out, uh, and the the three are uh, Luna, um, Mace, and 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 Burchett are the three pretty much leaders there. Mm. They already had a hearing. They said they're going to have another one, and they're already making a fuss about the fact that you know it's time for the government to stop uh, keeping this stuff hidden, and the and the press is picking up on this. These articles all about this. The, the shift is now. Why is the government keeping this hidden and so forth? So you've got you've got conservatives in the House on our side. You've got a very some bipartisan. And, it, and it's not just here. In fact, the reason I have the Guardian up there is because I wanted a more distant, offshore, quasi more neutral perspective. And they're basically saying what we're saying tonight. You know, it's got to go forward. This this is just a speed bump. Yeah, uh, the press are totally on our side at this point now. They, they they do understand it's the biggest story in history, and they're they're covering it pretty damn good. You yep, know, yep. thank God. Happy so birthday! It, what a hell we're, of a present. We're we're in a good place right now, but again, the world is so dangerous. Yes, that we cannot afford delay. And this is so. What I did is I launched a, a little project here. Which is called Shift Storm, S H I F T, Shift Storm. Very clever. Uh, I launched it about five days ago. It's got a website. It's shiftstorm.org. And it's as simple as it could be. Uh, all I'm asking people who are on Twitter to do is let's tag messages into the three senators who are the chief decision makers on that hearing, and that's Schumer, Warner, and Rubio. Uh, all three are pretty much essential. Uh, they're going to confer with each other. And so the, all you do is you, you can tag a message to their ch Twitter handle. They, like almost every member of Congress, are on Twitter, and they have handles. And so at Senator Schumer, at Senator Rumio, and you go at Senator Schumer, and you give them a message. Look, we really want those hearings in, in January. The yep, witnesses yep. are ready to testify. Exactly. We love what you're doing. Thank you for the legislation because they're heroes. They're, they're not the bad guys. Oh, no, 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 no. And, my, my plan is to try to get 100,000 tagged messages into the notification box of all three of those senators by the end of the year, early January. It's very doable. Uh, it's already getting some traction. Uh, well, there I, is a window over. depending upon I, – I think Schumer seriously is playing 4D chess, and he set this up so the hearings have a context, which is in the midst of a lot of noise, be a signal. You have to have alerted your audience Something major is happening. Now everybody interested in this, and that's a lot of people, are going to pay attention when hearings on UFOs in the Senate Intelligence Committee are announced. But those that want those hearings, let's, let's help. Let's, let's get out there. And so you tag a message on Twitter, at Senator Schumer, at Senator Rubio, at Senator Warner, and you say, look, I, we really want these hearings. Now those things will accumulate by the thousands in the notification box of the Twitter account. Yep. Of these senators, 
the staffers monitor those. They monitor those notifications <clears> because <throat> that is how they determine what people are saying about their boss. It's a pulse. And these, it's a pulse of the these, people. As these messages accumulate, they're going to they're gonna call the boss. They're going to call the chief of staff and say, look, check this out. And so they're going to see – and then they're going to go to the box and simply scroll through all of these messages that are calling for hearings. This is as simple as it gets. It couldn't be easier. And so this is shitstorm.org, uh, and uh, anybody anybody's on Twitter can do this. It's trivial, and I'm providing, obviously, the handles. And they, you, there's also the case you can send emails. Now, the trick here, though, <laughs> is that the email forms only accept emails from people in the state of the senator. So whether it's Virginia, Florida, or no. New York, if you're not a resident, if, if the, when, you, when you submit your message, if the address on it isn't in the right state, uh, Florida, Virginia, or New York, it won't go through. But if it does have a state address, it will. So that's a little trickier. But the Twitter messages, the Twitter tweet storm is 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 is, is probably enough. But certainly, ten thousand emails would be nice if we get those into each of the members. Mm-hmm. We want hearings in January. It's that simple. That's all you really have to are, say. Are, when are you scheduled for for George for Coast? I'm, I haven't been scheduled in quite some time. Oh, I'm on the nineteenth next Tuesday night. Yeah. I am obviously going to quote you a lot because people, millions of people, I'm going to direct them as to a campaign so we can help move this log a little bit faster down the river, but it's headed in the right direction. Now, are you in front of a computer? Yeah, it's it's easy. Are you You in front of a computer? You can do it from a computer. Stephen, are you you, tonight, right now, are you in front of a computer screen? uh, I sort of am, yeah. Okay, good, because you need to go to my section of Radio with Pictures. And yeah, start okay. at item number five. I'm looking for item number five. Okay. Yep. 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 Let me cruise on down here. Uh, let's see. Item one, two, three, four, five. Important to um, important to listen. Call this number. What? Um, is that the wrong five? I think so. Yeah. No, it's, five not, it's waste. under yes. the banner on the home page. Go there first. Let me go to the home page. Hang on. Uh, home. Okay, here we go. See the banner? Under the banner. I see it. I see it. Here All we right, go. Click on the banner. Okay, got to click on the banner. Take it to the guest page. Underneath the banner in yellow are links to my items and yours. Okay. I don't think you have any items. Click on my name. All right. Um right. I'm on the other side of Midnight Richard Hogan. That's the uh, that's the main logo. Yeah, yeah. Look at the banner. Click on. What's the banner? What banner? Scroll down. Scroll down. Do you see your name? In I, oh, my name. Okay. Yeah, you'll see your name, Stephen Bassett. Listen to the show. Come on down. Saturday, December 16th, Richard Hoagland, Stephen Bassett. There you go. Okay. All right. Click on the banner. Click on that whole thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now we're getting somewhere. All right. Good, 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 good. To the guest page. All right. Underneath, and it says fast links to items just under the banner. Okay, hang on. Down toward the bottom of the block. To listen to the show, it's got my bio. Keep uh, down. Keep no, going. You, you went. You went too One, far. two, three, four. Now I'm back to the same thing. No, no, you went. You went too far. Don't click on okay. bios. Click on items. My name. Items. Items. Right items. above bios. So I guess page. Yeah. See, There's is, so much uh, stuff here. I fast links to items, Richard. I I just don't see it. 
uh, guest page, link to listen to the show, and then it's got me. Uh, I don't think I'm on the right page, Richard. So, all right, all right go just, back to the home page. Yeah, just I'll see it. You can just go there and tell me what you're what you're looking at. Yeah, but you need to see it. <laughs> it's hard to describe a spiral staircase. All right, I'm at the homepage. There's you. There's Coast to Coast. There's click, the click, uh, printing. Go, going down to the banner. Keep going to your My screen. banner? It, it, it's got the capital with a whole bunch of bombs bursting By the there. bombs, early light? Yes. Click on that. Click on that. Click on that. All right. Underneath that, you'll see several lines of text. Then it says guest page, fast links to items. The very bottom okay. of that block. Isn't okay, I'm clicking on the banner. Post? Underneath that, it says... To listen to show, Saturday, December. To listen to show, Saturday, Sunday, guest page. Yeah, under that, there should be two lines. And then click on Richard? Yes, yes. Uh, well, okay, now I see it. Now I've got it. Number five. Number five. It's been two months. Why can't NASA open mm -hmm. the asteroid Okay, sample? backstory, and then we'll continue this in the next block, if it goes that long, because it's really amazingly cool. Remember the old thing about if Mohammed will come to the mountain, the mountain will come to Mohammed? Mm -hmm. The mountain has come to Mohammed. NASA tonight is sitting on hundreds of pounds of extraterrestrial technological samples. And either they don't know, which I doubt incredibly, or they've been keeping it totally secret. And we appointed Abby Loeb in the direction of both sets. We've been resoundingly rebuffed, meaning he has not opened hailing frequencies, <clears throat> even though he's trying to raise a few more million dollars to go back out to Indonesia and dive to the bottom of the ocean. So about... Two months ago, the unmanned robotic mission to Bennu, an asteroid, remember that, <clears throat> that launched in 2018 and took seven years to get there and retrieve samples and bring them home, those samples came home. The first extraterrestrial asteroid samples ever for the U.S. came home in September on right. live television. Then the samples went to Houston to a special lab built and designed great expense, to handle in a pristine environment those samples. And it's been two freaking months since NASA said, oops, we can't get into the canister. We can't look at our samples. Two months. And they can't find a screwdriver. And other people besides us are beginning to smell a very, very big rat. And the reason is, when they picked up the samples at Bennu, all of them on live television, it was obvious they picked up so much junk that some of it spilled out of the container that was designed to close, you know, like a like a like a dust catcher, and capture material from Bennu soil, rocks, rocklets, mm -hmm. tiny things, and stuff them in the cancer and seal it. They had a bunch of stuff outside the canister when they opened the first layer. And when they sampled that is when they freaked out. Because if you look at item number six, yeah, click on six, what do you see? Well, it looks like a green rock. Okay, look on seven. Seven is, hang on, let me go back. You know, where, where, where'd it go? Let me get out of here. How do I get out of here? Right under six. Uh, yay. Uh, <laughs> I can't win it. We just... Mm -hmm. uh, I've clicked on it, but I maybe I got to do this. Okay, here we go. Uh, seven. Oh, hello. Yes. 
Okay. It's probably better not to look at it by clicking on it because it makes it very big. So you... So this is a piece of technology from Bennu, which has been cut open. That's what the artistic representation on the right is. Yeah. This has been posted, if you look at number eight, this has been posted in a major NASA Smithsonian display in Washington within days after NASA claiming it can't get into the canister, but this is part of the debris on the lid. And they posted this, look at the, the article when you have time, with a big this, you know, ceremony with the head of Smithsonian, the head of NASA, you know, various politicians standing around going rah-rah. You Americans are going to be able to see a sample of what we brought back from this asteroid, Bennu. And it's under a light and a microscope, so anybody in our audience, and when I talk to George on, on Tuesday, I'm going to tell that audience, which is quite a bit bigger than ours, millions of people, that they can go to the Smithsonian, if they're on the East Coast, take a damn camera, photograph the hell out of this thing, and then give us the video or the images, because it is a fossilized artifact from the asteroid retrieval mission Bennu. And it's right there in Washington. So are you implying that the entire asteroid was a, a, a technological it's, artifact it's, or it's, there was some technology no, on no, it? No, no, it's, it's both. It's an ancient ship. The ancient ships all are cube octahedrons. Those are papers and data and show we've done going back like several years. This is, okay. part, this is part of that architecture, that platonic geometry. Remember, the physics works on platonic solid geometry, those five shapes inside a sphere. So when you see manifestations, I mean, maybe that's the only shape where you can create the drives that move the ships around the solar system without, you know, rockets, without fuel, without reaction. At any rate, a couple of days ago, after this uh, piece appeared in the, um, uh, uh, I forget what, what news agency, uh, U.S. News, that, that's been two months, why can't they get into the damn box? They... There was a big story about a quasi-secret meeting between Biden and the next generation of astronauts that are going to the moon next year, the Artemis II, four astronauts, uh, three men and one woman. And he had them in the Oval Office. It was not announced. It was a quiet, off-the-record meeting. But when they came outside and posed in front of cameras there on the driveway outside of the um, uh, West Wing, they said that Biden, among other things he talked about, really boasted about the lunar sample that he had asked NASA to loan him, which is sitting there in the bookshelf next to the, the Resolute desk in the Oval Office, right above, I'm sorry, right below uh, something from his Corvette that he loves more than anything except for Jill. And he boasted about the authenticity from NASA of this object, which when you look at number nine, is another ET artifact in Biden's Oval Office on his mind, per the story that I didn't have a chance to, to link, but you can find it by just Googling, President Comments on Lunar Artifact. So here's what the setup is, either for a lucky member of the press at the president's next press conference, or a guy named Stephen Bassett, who has White House credentials and can be in that press conference and simply ask the president an elemental question. Mr. President, you bragged about your NASA artifact to the astronauts 
when are you going to tell the American people it really is an ET artifact and it's been sitting in the White House for two years and you haven't said anything? And that will so warp nine, accelerate this conversation and make it impossible for him to lie because the photo and the geometry and the technology is all over the web having been posted from this story on AP about the quiet meeting between Biden and the astronauts several days ago. So, Mr. Bassett, do you have White House press credentials? I am not a member of the press and darn, I do not have White darn, House credentials. Darn, darn. Uh, do no, you have anybody. do you have a trusted cohort who does have press credentials who would ask that question if it was given to him or her? I'd have to I'd have to check on that. I, I don't know. It's I've been operating in other other realms, but it's just another example of of uh, how things are moving to the surface. At uh, warp nine. <laughs> but I would I would say this something I would mention that's relevant in, is that. And I wouldn't have said this when I started 26 years ago. Really? But, uh, but at this point, I'm pretty confident every single president of the United States has known that there's an extraterrestrial presence from Truman on. Yeah. Every single one. Totally agree. And, but that doesn't mean they could do anything about it. Doesn't mean they wouldn't well, want to do anything. Well, they could have, but. Well, was... that, let me just say, that, yeah, let me just say this. It doesn't mean that they would do anything about it. And, but whether they would do something about it would depend on the circumstance, and it would be incredibly difficult. So, but they've all known. Well, Truman came close in, in July of '52. Remember the big UFO scare for a week over over DC. That well, was the point it, when he could have said, "By the way," and they're well, and they're not hostile because we're still here. Yeah, he could have, and then but then uh, Eisenhower could have when he came in in '53. Instead, they oh, they but he had Robertson the meeting. Went the other way. He had the meeting at Holloman. Supposedly, so, well, so but they, but I can understand why those presidents did not take action. As you move forward, it gets a little more complicated. But the point I'm trying to make: Do I think that Joseph Biden knows there's an ET presence? Absolutely, uh, and he's probably known for a very long time. But knowing there's an ET presence and knowing how how to deal well, with it—well, it's steamboat time. It you make no one. It's all those cliches. There is a timing. Time is now to get pregnant. It's obvious on all these fronts. I'm just saying that aside from looking at this legislation, and we got about four minutes to the top of the hour, uh, as, as the win that it is, the easier win, because once you make UFO technology available and agreed upon, yeah, that's really an ET artifact, you've won everything. Then, of course, it becomes much easier to force what's in hiding in the agencies and in the private contractors, you know, out like Lockheed Martin, out, in, out into the open. It's like the difference between wanting something that you suspect is there, whereas wanting something that you have no doubt is there, and it's sitting in the Oval Office tonight. That's what's amazing. And he bragged about it. I think this is a clever <clears throat> 40 stress, 40, 40 uh, level. Um, uh, plan to get the people to demand of their government that they respond. Well, they, uh, yeah, but the way that's going to unfold, this is not an issue that the people are going to march on Washington. It never was and never will be. You don't know. Uh, but We're in a the people are time. supporting the disclosure process, and they've really – the media has gotten behind it. 
And so it, they don't have to march on Washington. All you have to do is show up in front of NASA headquarters and have some signs. Show us the damn artifacts. And the and press will do the rest. Because, it wouldn't go well. Because the evidence is, is there. Why are you as an activist not wanting to be active? If <laughs> well, I was I on the East that. Coast, I'd be in that, you know, I just, I just told you that I'm doing an activist effort right now. Hey, you got to pick your spot. My spot is simplest. We just need the hearings. The witnesses, some of these witnesses have been waiting 30 years to testify. Uh, in other words, Grush, Grush was frustrated because over about a period of a year, not, they, they weren't responding to him properly, and he got he got hassled. There are witnesses that will eventually testify. They've been waiting for 20, 25 years uh, and been ignored. But all again, of that we're time. bottled up in the minds of two people, basically one. Who's the, who's the guy that runs the committee now? Yeah, the Senate Intel Committee. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mark Warner. Warner, Warner from Virginia. Senator from Virginia. Yeah. Marco Rubio's ranking. It's Senator totally up to him. It is not. You know, I've been somewhat educated on that. It, I, I think. Technically, it is up to the chairman, but the ranking member and the Who's Senate the majority leader have a lot of influence there. Yeah, well, how can they uh, order? But I know this. I know the Supreme Court or the president can't force that the, the Senate intel committee to have a hearing. They can't force it under the law. But in terms of it happening, I think those three individuals are the key. They, if, if they come into agreement, it absolutely Hold it happens. there. We're at the top of the hour, mm-hmm. and this, I think, is most appropriate. Because the government is in the process of admitting their stuff under control that they want to extend out to release in 20 – over a generation beyond tonight. But what they have to do in that legislation is to admit there is stuff, and if there's stuff, there's people who made the stuff, and those are – what this lovely gal is thinking about. Here on the other side of midnight, my name is Richard C. Hoagland. Welcome to Disclosure Christmas. We are your friends. The other side of midnight.com. Tune in to listen to Richard C. Hoagland and his fascinating guests. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive member benefits. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll gain access to the rest of this show and all previous 350 episodes. Membership costs $9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Support the broadcast that provides you with the most interesting conversation available. 
Talk Radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. The other side of midnight.com. side of midnight. It's the last uh, hour before the witching hour, before midnight in the land of enchantment, still Saturday night, the uh, 16th of December 2023. My guest tonight is Stephen Bassett for all three hours. You can join us in about an hour if you want to uh, call us. Uh, we'll, we'll give out numbers. Stephen and I are in this <clears throat> really interesting position that we are both agreeing on what's really happened, all the propaganda, notwithstanding, in terms of the NDAA, uh, incorporating a version, a watered-down version of the uh, uh, Schumer Amendment to UAPs and UFOs. And it's an, an amazing development. It's, it's, really, it's really one for the books. And, of course, the next uh, part of the process is to get the hearings. So why don't you repeat nicely redundantly how people can get involved and how they can pressure Warner and Schumer to do the next logical step, which is to bring this, as Roddenberry would say, to television where reality is played out. Sure. Um, I would prefer to use the word encourage rather than pressure, <laughs> uh, but there, there are, there's, there, are, uh, I, I, on, on the website, shiftstorm.org. Don't forget the F. Uh, I have identified, I think, the, the eight heroes, the best defined heroes. In the House, the heroes are uh, Tim Burchett, Anna Polina Luna, and Nancy Mace, members of Congress, members of the House. And in the, in the Senate, it's Mark Warner, uh, Marco Rubio, Senator Schumer, uh, Michael Rounds, Kirsten Gillibrand. These are the heroes. These people have made it clear that they are not concerned about their political future by being absolutely direct and authentic with respect to the fact that we are being engaged by non-human technology. I think they've all been briefed to one degree or another and know full well there's an ET presence. Uh, I'm sure that of the of the Senate Intel people, uh, less certain regarding the uh, the people in the House, but if, if they haven't been formally briefed, they've been tipped off. And so they all know it's true. And based upon decades of efforts by thousands of people and, and thousands of articles being written, we've gotten to a point where they can openly take this on, and that's what they've chosen to do. But it took seven years to get there, starting with the To the Stars Academy people, the work of Mellon and Elizondo and others for years, and getting briefings up on the Hill to get us to this point. And as we consider this legislation, we must not forget there's already been three tranches, three bills regarding UAPs before this one. This is the fourth in a row. Prior to that, there was never any legislation at all 
going all the way back to the founding fathers regarding UAP. So four bills in four years. So it's not just this bill. So we're, we, the, the, Gillibrand, Gillibrand said there was going to be a Senate Hill hearing. Uh, in the when, was, when was that? When, when did you say that? It was quite a while ago. It was about five months ago. Oh, okay. That's, that's a light but, year. But a lot's happened. I mean the yeah. world continues to evolve to generate new exciting things. So <clears throat> it's delayed things. And then I understand why they wanted to delay until after the bill was signed, regardless of what the bill was. And that put it into January. Okay. But the wit- witnesses have been briefed and interviewed long ago. Uh, we have an idea of who some of them are. And I, I know these witnesses, this is it. I mean, you're talking about Well, 10, for people that are Russians. not following this like we are, who are some of these witnesses? Would people recognize them? Well, there's – based again, they're not sending out a list, okay? No, no, this I is know your analysis. That's what you do, so. I know they've, they've interviewed a number of the nuclear weapons tampering witnesses, such as Bob Salas. You mean uh, where, where, where missiles and, and weapons were paralyzed like at Maelstrom? Turned off. These are witnesses to actual on-site witnesses to the instances where our, our missiles are turned off by these these craft. They have a number of them. Um, they've interviewed. Uh, well, that should be riveting. Were on live that, Senate television, that should be absolutely blindingly riveting with current discussion of nuclear war and Putin mentioning nukes every opportunity. Well, Bob's been waiting 25, 30 years for this. I mean, he, he was able to to give his testimony at the citizen hearing. On disclosure that I put on under oath, but of course it was mock hearing. It right, wasn't right. the real thing. Uh, one of those people has already died. But the, the nuclear weapons with tampering witnesses for sure. Then, based upon some things that I saw, they have interviewed the at least two of the people who are in the unacknowledged special access programs working on the non-human tech. These are the people that gave the information to Grush, uh-huh. who then took it to the Intel Committee that led to problems for him and ultimately going to the IG, uh, IG Inspector General of the Intelligence Community and so forth. But what, what many people who jumped on Grush right away as not being credible did not understand, and he said it, but they weren't hearing it. That he had been in intelligence for some years. He had contacts throughout mm-hmm. the intelligence world with clearances. And so when he got that information from the USAP guys, he went to these people for confirmation. And a number of these contacts of his who had clearances confirmed that what he had heard was true. And so we, it, it's very possible that some of the people that had firsthand in, 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 in contact with these non-human tech, this non-human tech may be testifying. And that's just for openers. If they want, they could spend an entire day just showing hours of gun camera footage of, of <clears throat> uh, UAP intercepts, uh, a lot more profound than the three that were released in 2017. But just no witnesses alone. We're talking 12, 15 David Grushes, basically. All right. Now, you put that together and you put a couple of hundred million people watching it, you put them under oath. That's the ball game. That basically – Well, if it's handled correctly, it could be even more successful than the January 6th committee, which was brilliant by any normal congressional standards. It was the ideal hearing because it wasn't about ego. It wasn't about the questioners. It was about the witnesses, all of whom were Republicans. 
So if, if, if the UFO hearing can be even half as effective, it will convince a whole planet on live Roddenberry television. It can't be anything but more effective. And the reason is, <laughs> is that it is a much more defined issue. It is not a partisan issue. Everything is very compact. You have clear statements, clear evidence, and so forth. And so it's, it's going to be much easier for people to follow. And, and, and the most important thing is the implications of the truth being told. Well, keep the sequence exceeds, in mind. Exceeds the, the truth in the January 6th hearing okay. by magnitude. If, right? if, if the January hearing had come before the signing of this NDAA, which is in a few days now, I think it's next week, if that had led on the runway, You'd have a bunch of witnesses, basically grush twos, claiming certain things, but the public ambiguity, which, oh, yes, this stuff exists, but you can't see it for 25 years. So you rearrange the whole no. reality envelope. No, that's not what the law says. Uh, and that's not in the, – the, But that, that's where people – yeah, the They, law they misunderstood the bill. They misunderstood the bill. The language in the initial bill, what it said was that anything – that is 25 years or older, and any program, any anything that was initiated 25 years or older is fast-tracked into the control disclosure plan, meaning it, right away it can be put in the pipeline in order to be considered, which goes all the way back to well, Roswell. Anyway, there were some amazing things over 25 years ago. So it, it's not a question of waiting 25 years. Anything 25 years or earlier – would have been more subject to review. That doesn't mean, it did not mean, it did not say that anything 20, we have to wait 25 years for something that happened People last year. People have been reporting this totally ass backwards then because they've been comparing, uh, yeah, it. Well, they've been I, comparing I it to the uh, JFK archives, which had a 50 year drop dead date, which both Biden and Trump have abrogated. So, so much for congressional laws the presidents don't want to obey. I'm telling you, this is the most. Say again? Senator Schumer made a mistake in making a comparison to the, uh, uh, the JFK as a model. Uh, it, it, yeah, because it got me off on issue. the track that we have to wait. If, if it's anything older than 25, who the hell cares about the more recent stuff? The most amazing cases were in 25-plus years ago. Yeah. And that's not even the point. It, 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 it is not the same thing. The, the JFK assassination is a completely different event in so many ways. And it, it's probably the most conspiratorial – has generated more conspiracies than uh, – than any other in the 20th century. Well, I think, this Schumer, is not was, like that. I think Schumer was bas basically being clever as a fox because by I wrapping this – by wrapping this into the JFK thing, he basically is saying there's a conspiracy on both levels. Emily I Dickinson. disagree with that. Well, uh, he doesn't want to foster conspiracies. He just made a mistake. He was trying to say there's a model already about a process of bringing things forward, but it wasn't. You remember FDR's famous phrase, in politics, there's no such thing as coincidence. I see this as a carefully 4D chess architected plan, and you see it as a bunch of people grasping for straws no, no, and making mistakes. No, I don't. It is a plan, Dick. It's just that – I mean there's, there's a certain amount of scripting here. But it's not something that has been scripted down like you like you do a play and you rehearse for weeks ahead of time and you get your marks on the stage and you go through and everything is precise. No, everybody sort of knows where things are going, but 
they, they don't have the luxury of getting together for a heavily scripted, highly coordinated thing. They are they know where to go and they're trying to follow it, but it's not that simple and it's much more difficult. So it's not like a scripted play, but it is somewhat scripted. And uh, Grush is an example of something happening that wasn't in the script. And it's going to be yeah, more. Yeah, but of you that. keep saying that like you, we don't know. I think if Grush was basically the the designated fall guy to accelerate the curve, which had all these positive effects, Schumer then puts the reach way out there. They bring it back. They affirm the reality of the subject, and then you have the hearings. It seems to me like it's a pretty damn good plan. Again, I, 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 it, 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 it's yeah, yeah. Look, if the script was we're going to get this guy and we're going to threaten his wife and his kids and try to kill him and all that kind of stuff and drive him crazy so he comes forward. No, no, I just I, – I, I just – you know, Dick, you and I are different in that regard. No, I didn't say that I, part of it was a plan. I said when they found a, a, a viable candidate, someone who no. was close to being fed up, who had been chastened, who had been threatened, who had been put through the ringer, those are the people that turn state's evidence. I don't see it that way. He, he uh, an he opportunistic target is what I'm. He came forward because of a lot of things. It, it took a and they bit, gave him a window to drive the enterprise through. Berchette. It occurred over a period of two years. I just don't want to do that because it ascribes to Grush a well, kind of conspiratorial it's, connection. It's, it's, no, which it's is not there. It's, it's a plan proven. to to disclose. It's not conspiratorial. When you're up against evil, you have to fight evil with good. And darkness and transparency are the opposite ends of the scale. And because of Rush, who I think of as a hero, we're at the next level. We've now crossed the Rubicon, and now we've got a damn artifact sitting in the president's office. Now let so me get back to your, your original me, question. What is the? What am I trying to do now to help yeah, things Yeah, yeah. What is what is on your agenda? Yeah, I, I'm using social media, and I I think I as of the 15th of this month, I did 52 interviews. Oh, in I saw your days. list. Man, you gotta pace yourself. You're gonna kill yourself. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, I'm set up. I can do them, and so I'm promoting this throughout all these podcasts. So I'm getting some decent reach. Anyway, look here. You go to you go to Shiftstorm S H I F T Storm dot org. Have you sent a note simply, to Lisa telling her the breakthrough and you need to be on coast ASAP? If not, I will. Uh, feel free to mention it. Thank you. Uh, I will. If you're on coast, so I'm saying, look, we have some time to let. The Senate key people, which is Schumer, uh, Warner, and, and Rubio, know one how much we appreciate this amazing work they've done. Two, that we were promised hearings. Three, the witnesses are waiting, and there seems to be no reason whatsoever not to hold those hearings in January ahead of the beginning of this very messy, complicated <laughs> presidential campaign, or at least political campaign season, so that. Every, all of the candidates, assuming the president follows up with disclosure, will have an opportunity to get up to speed and speak to the issue. The president has a genuine ET artifact in the Oval Office tonight, and he's bragging to the Artemis astronauts, look at this. So um, the stage oh, no. is set. The stage is set. Let me um, – let me, so, let me go ahead. So what people can do that is so simple, and this is the Twitter world. Uh, uh, yes. Is using handles, which is the handle for Schumer, Warner, and, and Rubio at, and I forget what is that Senator Schumer, whatever. Um, you can simply tag a message to them. So when you go when you go at 
so-and-so, and then you put a message down, it goes right to their notification box because it's tagged to them. And their staffers check those boxes in order to learn what's being said about their boss. And so if we put 100,000 of these tagged Twitter messages into the notifications box of each one of those, that is an incredibly impressive display uh, of the design. Hey, are you up to coming on with me on Tuesday night? I think I, I have mean, enough pull. On coast. I, look, I, I don't I don't produce the show, so you, you know, don't what? I mean, I'll, I'll I'll you know me, I'll go on any show anywhere. It's anyhow, several million people, Stephen. I know I've done it sixty times. But, so. Uh, Oh, I don't so, think there's time to schedule you separately, so I would obviously I give up some of my time. So we would I, have this colloquy in front of millions of people who yeah. then – Well, there's time. There's plenty of time. I, so, so this is a simple way to get that message in, and it's also possible to send e- email message – I mean uh, send some uh, – fa- uh, uh, I'm sorry, emails into these offices uh, using the email okay. form, but it has to have an address in the state that they're in, Florida, uh, New York, or, uh, or Virginia. So th- this is this is a very simple thing. These are the good guys. They're the heroes. We're not, we're not mad at them. We're simply saying, okay, good job, fantastic. Now let's get that hearing out of the way. And it's okay to say, look, because we think that the president will then be able to disclose and end this. We we cannot have the the the, the, the fact unconfirmed by the president. That we do, in fact, have non-human extraterrestrial technology, not just one or two, but nine or ten or twelve, and we've had them for decades. We can't have that hanging up in the air while 2,000 people run for office who, ha- who, who, who are clueless on this stuff and can't speak to it. It, it. It's just unacceptable. You just can't do that. We've gone too far. Now we have to close the deal. This, this campaign is going to be awful, and it's going to be incredibly distracting. And this issue will not be able to go anywhere under those circumstances. But if the president confirms before the first primary, then it, is, it will literally be in the debates leading up to those primaries where they're being asked, uh, well, a candidate so-and-so, what is your view of the fact that we have this technology, that we are being visited? Uh, how do you think we should proceed? Well, how would you handle it if you were a senator, if you were a congressman? This, this is ideal. This is perfect. But it will not happen unless we get disclosure, and that's not going to happen until we get that Senate hearing. So there, the history is – we're right at the cusp of history, so close you can taste it. And, and, the, and the bill being mitigated like it was is, is, is almost irrelevant. As I said, post-disclosure, they reintroduce the damn thing, get it passed. So that's where we're at, and the only thing that can really screw up what I think is a perfect opportunity would be something really, really awful happening in one of the crisis centers – on the planet right now, and we have quite a few of those. So that's uh, shiftstorm.org. Check it out. Join in. Have fun. Well, this means you should act earlier rather than later because there is an opposition, and I frankly do not put it past the opposition. I'm not talking technologies here on Earth. I'm talking ETs themselves. There's upsides and downsides, good folks and not so good folks. And if they're involved in what's going on on Earth tonight, Ukraine and um, the Middle East, then all bets are off as to how much time we have to do all this. So I would recommend sooner than later. Let me go back to a question for you regarding your talents. So mm-hmm. you are a you know, political person. You're neutral. You're not in the press. So you can't go in to a press conference and ask you know, Biden the question. 
And you're going to think about who in the press corps who does have White House credentials that could do that. I have another question. How good a photographer are you? <laughs> do, do you have a professional SLR camera? Are you talking about going down to the uh, Smithsonian? Smithsonian and taking pictures of the damn artifact, which was put there with huge ballyhoo, head of NASA. It's so deniable disclosure because if they get, you know, thousand people saying, look at this, they mm -hmm. have to respond. And government well, I, I, can I, respond. I, 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 my office is very close to the Smithsonian. Which, which is, are you talking about the, the old Smithsonian or the new one? It's the old one. It's in the natural – it's not even an air and space. It's over in the Museum of Ethnology or something. Read okay, the, the old building. Re, okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm a few blocks from that. So may, Good I can grief. It's tailor-made for you because then you, take the photo. you send the – well, photos. take video and photos. Okay. You know, and right. you should be able to get really close to see all those gears and wheels and machinery. Send it to us. We put it on the air. Now, Andrew Curry, remember who Andrew is, right? Andrew who? Curry. Artist. Oh, Andy Curry, I think so. Yeah, yeah, he's a brilliant artist. He works for Hollywood. He does commercials. He does Super Bowl, you know, concept art and mm -hmm. movies and all that. Anyway, he is offered to give, to paint, to order one of his paintings on any subject to the person who first takes these pictures and gets them to us at the other side of midnight. <laughs> at I'm serious. And okay, his okay, work is gorgeous. It's amazing. Someday having sure. an original curry will actually, you know, I'll pay part of, uh, uh, you know, the uh, district attorney's uh, uh, defamation okay. suit. No problem. Uh, okay. okay, good. I, I, I stand. I stand informed. It uh, it's very likely to happen. Uh, I'm, I'm, of course, staying up till three in the morning is not necessarily a good start on that, but we'll see. Okay. I got two more interviews tomorrow, but I'll, I'll see what I can do. We have got a caller. Area code 727. Let me put him mm -hmm. on the line. Caller in 727, you are on the air as soon as it connects. Come on, there we are. Hello? Yes. Yeah, this is Stephen in Clearwater. Stephen! Long time no here. Yeah. One thing I'd like to say to Stephen, and he, I, I don't I don't want to take too much time to explain Oh, no, it. no, we got plenty of time. Stephen, plenty of time. I want well, in I want in-depth analysis because I want to know if, A... You agree what Steve and I have been agreeing on, I think. That oh, this absolutely. Is, this is a huge breakthrough. Huge. But one thing I want to tell Stephen is, Stephen, there's a specific reason that you should occur, appear this week on Coast to Coast. Your voice will be more powerful than it, than it would be almost any other time of the year. Richard, suppose I, I have a feeling is appearing on that particular date for a particular reason. <laughs> so there, no, I I think I know what's going through that head of his. No, it wasn't me. So, it was them, and I actually asked George and Lisa. I said nineteen point oh, five. Really? Yes, of course. You know, I'm not dumb and stupid. My mommy didn't raise a dumb and stupid guy. So yeah, this looks incredibly symbolic. We're on, Stephen. If you want to join me, the night of nineteen point five. Right before Christmas. Come on. This I'll await I'll await confirmation of all that. Oh uh, no 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 no. I obviously have to confirm it, but I'm gonna recommend to Lisa <laughs> that she have us on together. All right. Okay. Well also okay. isn't that the night isn't that the date that uh, the um the uh, the sun passes the the galactic center? No 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 no. That's on the twenty first, twenty second. The winter solstice. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, the winter solstice. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Oh, okay, but it's it's still close to that. Well, it's and, the alignment I mean, of both. Remember, those they're a whisker away in the sky, and the, that's when the physics is highest in the model. Right. I've been measuring the right. stuff. I actually know that it works. So yeah, it's a very powerful night, and uh, it's going to be gangbusters to limb out how this win has taken place and how the two sides of the ET equation, you know, beings, ships, and and artifacts are congruent and are coming together. And there's a damn artifact in the Biden Oval Office. Come on. Sure. Sure. And and wouldn't it be great if they had those hearings on the 20th of January as sort of a pre, you know, one year exactly before we have a new president? I, I think that would be. Well, it, it is cool. inauguration anniversary. It would be a, yes, I think that would be quite elegant. Stephen, what do you think? I just want hearings in January. <laughs> By the way, something I want to mention that a lot of people forget is that Grush didn't just bring up non-human tech. He brought up non-human bodies. Yes, beings. And by that, he's not referring to you know some zoo animals that escaped. No, no. he's talking about the pilots of those craft, yep, and yep, that is yep. not referred to very much because, well, that's pushing it just a little too far, and people are trying to stay. Not, not get too stray from the, the core issues. Yeah, and this but is after 50 years of Brookings. You know, we have been conditioned. There is a document from NASA, from the Long Range Committee, laying out this entire agenda, Stephen. And I, I'm feeling so super proud that the plan has been followed because we're where we need to be tonight. Yeah. So, again, uh, we are so close. <laughs> And I appreciate the caller's advice, and we'll see. I, I'm going to be doing lots of media. I'm getting, I'm getting all the podcasts I could ever handle, and I'm tend to get more. Uh, it, it is the I, I happen to enjoy it. I happen to be set up for. Well, it. you know the leverage of coast, so you know we can save a yeah, lot of sure. your of your sleeplessness by by hitting the hammer. It's so elegant how both sides of the family are represented. So elegant. So let me let me let me go to work on it. I can't okay. reach Lisa. You know, I'll, I'll shoot her an email uh, when we get off the show tonight, but I can't promise she's in Christmas holiday mode. She's not. I, I think she's back. She was off for a week and then she's back. So I, I'll just keep you up on, up to speed, okay? And, and what, what night is this again, Richard? Tuesday what night, night. Tuesday night. Okay. I got it, you. It will okay. be 10 o'clock um, my time because it's West Coast. No, no, 10 o'clock my – no, I'm sorry, 11 o'clock my time. So it's uh, – Whatever, three, two hours different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But my 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 rhythms and oversleep clock is good. But it is worth it. It's definitely worth it. Okay. So. It's not a problem. Okay. All right. Super. So, uh, Stephen, any more questions? Any more comments? No, that's that's it for tonight. But I, one thing I want to say is, you know, politics has been very polarized. You think? And I have a lot of <laughs> I have yeah I have a lot of friends that you know are far left, and it's caused actually personal tension between us mm -hmm. and this issue has brought many of my ex-friends back to being friends again i'm sure i don't know why it is but it's a very unifying subject and i think that um it, this it, it's something that could literally bring us to a much greater uh, a world and country and get rid of all this this nastiness that's been going on for Hold on. I really think it's the issue that could do it. I think so, too. And I but certainly want to see if it can. Uh, it, it certainly will help. 
and and uh, that is one of the reasons that I do what I do because we must we have to have a change of remember change. remember Reagan's comments to Khrushchev there at Reykjavik if yeah, we could but, verify et cetera et cetera we would come together against a common threat that's I been know. the perception and it yeah can, but that is not that is not the way to get to but that's the way people are going to respond come on let's no that's it. the way they thought then i'm not so sure they think that we way we will now. see we will see look at what's going on in the madness in the middle east i never thought i would live we, to see anything like this okay if we really have a when threat. we come back we have callers who are yeah. waiting um i guess tonight is stephen bassett i say good night to stephen from new england you're on the other side of midnight my name is richard c hoagland the clock is counting down. Disclosure is here. Side of midnight.com. Talk radio with pictures on demand. Liberate your hyperdimensional time scale and non linearly access over 400 hours of conversation at the cutting edge of science and thought. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive and time schedule. Filter episodes by guest or subject. Membership costs $9.95 a month, $0.33 cents a day. Listen while you travel, as an environment to your endeavors. $0.08 cents an episode, $0.02.5 cents per hour of content. The other side of midnight.com. And good evening once again, last half hour until we reach the witching hour here in the land of enchantment in New Mexico, northern New Mexico. Gorgeous night tonight, clear, chilly, like 32 right now with a crescent, crescent moon. Beautiful crescent moon. Of which there are artifacts. One, 
in the Oval Office brought back by the crew of Apollo 17, which looks eerily familiar. My guest this morning is Steve Bassett. We've got some more calls here. So let us go to the phones. And I click on your microphone thingy. And you are with us live on the other side of midnight. At least you are momentarily here. Computers seem to be very slow tonight. Okay. So, um, open your mic. You should be here. Yes. There you are. No, it's... Yes. There you are. Okay. Uh, I made it. Yep, yep. Welcome, Ron, Mr. Gerbron, our yes. resident <laughs> generalist. So, what are your thoughts on, on what we're discussing, this really watershed moment? Well, I have some, but I wanted to say first off, so that you can hear it, Steve, uh, we are the escaped zoo animals. <laughs> so if you remember what he said just a few minutes ago. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. As long as he gets it. You're, you're kind of muffled. Uh, Speak into your mic. Okay. It's more like much an better. aiming game. Much, much better. There, how's that? Much, much better. That's good enough. Okay. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, well, I think things are happening. I'll, I'll agree agree with things there. Uh, I think that there's an awful lot of frustration going on. I'm I'm just remembering something that I heard from someone. Let's just say because people get accused of saying, "Oh, I thought of that first. I it was a it was a while ago. Let's just say an unspecified time in the past. Uh, I. Uh, was discussing these things with somebody who was in the military and certainly had clearances for everything and all that. And um, was discussing this sort of thing. And he seemed to know, you know, what was going on more than me, certainly. And I, he said, well, can't happen. Now, this is in a public place and we're just talking like this. And all of a sudden, well, that, that can't happen. And he looked terrified. This is somebody in the military fully disclosure cleared, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's something scary buried in all this, and we really shouldn't forget it. I mean, I'm first in line for disclosure because my answer to him was, well, then we'll just see what happens next, you know, because that's, I think that it has to happen. You know, and I wasn't in charge. But, Stephen, you almost are. You know, you have a, uh, you have a seat. Well, hang on, hang on, Ron. Do you remember uh, John Alexander, the big um, uh, non-lethal weapons guy, who's also a very, who's also well, I'm telling you, people who don't know, you know, who was an army colonel. He's been involved in the UFO field forever and ever. He's on the inside. He told on air several years ago of having a meeting at the Pentagon, which included a bunch of top brass generals. Uh, Undersecretary of Defense, et cetera, et cetera, finished his briefing. Or when mm-hmm. actually he got through the first part, like the first couple of sentences, and the Undersecretary stood up and shouted at him, you're not supposed to know that until you die. So I believe the big secret, <clears throat> which has been known for decades, and the big secret as we have figured it out out here in the exterior has to do with hyperdimensional physics and consciousness and the relationship of our consciousness in this reality versus a higher 
dimensional reality and evidence from NASA at places like Jezero Crater on Mars that we are in some kind of force dimensional prison, kind of like a phantom zone, and that consciousness is not behaving in 3D the way it's supposed to behave, either for us in 3D or in higher dimensions, and that is the ultimate secret, which is why they are fighting in my model so hard to keep us extended forever, 25 years, so they don't have to confront it while they're alive. And don't everybody speak at once. Ron, Stephen? Uh, well, Dick, I, I don't. I don't particularly have that interpretation. Uh, I don't see it. Well, your uh, mileage that way. may vary. Yes, it's a possibility, but I, I don't see it that way. I think that uh, the way I handle that, those kinds of uh, uh, stories, Ex existential questions, are what they are. Uh, is that if the guys at the Pentagon can handle it, if the uh, you know the non-coms who have the clearance can handle it, then we can handle it. That's, uh, a, that's, a, that's a good rule of thumb. Okay. Yeah. That's that's it. You know, they're they're not going crazy or hanging themselves from the from the uh, from the lamp. You know, from the ramparts. I I, I think that uh, we can handle it. And, it is, it's, and and by the way, it's so already out there. So wh whatever the nature of the universe is, uh, we didn't evolve for several billion years to become spacefaring in order to hide that. We we uh, we've earned the right uh, through a lot of years and decades and millennia of, of development. And technological growth to be able to know the nature of this world and if they know the nature of this world and not telling us uh, I, I'm deeply suspicious of the reasons because I don't believe the reasons they put forward uh, uh, when they do put something forward so I don't buy it never will and so it's an easy easy one for me to call uh, but you know and, and standing up and saying you're not supposed to know this and, and these kinds of things are the things you do to maintain a truth embargo they don't have to be true Right. If you're trying to maintain a truth, maintain a truth embargo, which where thousands of people are privy to the core truth, you got to intimidate them. You got to say all kinds of things uh, to keep them in line. It doesn't make the things you're saying true. And so essentially, you've got lies and secrecy built on more lies and secrecy. And I think we've finally come to understand this doesn't work well. We're not. We're not we're not faring better because of this. No, no, Ron, are it's you making are everything you, worse? Ron, are you back with us? Ron? No, he dropped. Yeah, my my, my he's uh, listening. Yeah. Well, I'm he trying to get him back. So, I would uh, let me get rid of you and try in again, Ron. Okay. So, we're trying to do this through blog talk, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. So, uh, okay, so where are we? To me, the most exciting part of this is that we don't have to wait for the insiders to do anything. Uh, Keith, I want to bring you in here now. Keith has been working with a, a mutual friend of ours, Wilbur Allen, who has been in D.C. photographing UFOs over the Capitol, over the White House, over all of the restricted area for decades. He has amazing mm. video. He also could go to the Smithsonian. His health has not been very good lately. He could go to the Smithsonian and he could take the damn pictures because he, of all people, you know, knows the front end of the camera from the back like nobody's business. Keith, <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I'm wondering why Congress never had somebody on their side technically 
inept enough to be able to challenge what they were saying, saying not the uh, not the witnesses, but the uh, the other side. It was so this is probably debris floating out here, and the jet shot past it. And as far as we know, that that was so bogus. I mean, that was lie number one. He's given an impression that the military looked at this and they think this was a balloon floating out there. When their own video disputes that, the plane is showing that it's going in one direction, unless the plane is flying backwards, he couldn't have shot past that object because he was looking out the left side of his plane. I mean, this is common sense, but obviously the people looking at it don't know what they're looking at. And then when he pans down, there's a mirror right there looking out the right side of his plane, and you see his wingman going in the same direction he's going. He ain't shoot past him. So I don't know. I'm... I'm all I know is they're still feeding garbage to everybody, and then they start shooting down China balloons. They're supposed to be spy balloons, and saying, "Oh, this is, must have been what the jets shot past," and all that. And people are going to try to eat this up. They're going to think, "Yeah, this is what the, this is the truth. It's a lie." And they're still pushing this garbage when the whole their whole castle is about to fall down. And I hope it does. Because they deserve that. And everybody who's coming up with all of this garbage, you know that Toyota came out with a water engine? Stan Myers was running his dune buggy 20 years ago on water, converting it to hydrogen. But now Toyota's got a car that runs on pure water. You just put the water in and we've been burning well, stuff. Well, remember the, the guest I've had on several times from Florida. I'm trying to remember his name, Walter. He developed a water engine for both trucks and boats and cars, you know, decades ago, and we're right. trying to find financing. He's got test results. He's got real data, real-world data, and he's been totally ignored. At least they haven't shot him like they like they used to do. So, yeah, we're very close, and the, and the major breakthrough tonight, the U.S. government, when Biden signs this bill, is officially declaring there are UFO technologies, and you're not supposed to see them for the next 25 years unless they were earlier than 25 years That's not ago. what the bill says, Richard. I just added, unless they're older than 25 years. No, that is not what they're doing Tell me there. again. Tell me again. I'm out. Right. See, it's – the, the confusing campaign is working because I can't figure the hell out of this thing. Well, why is we ever, if, it's, if it's anything earlier than 25 years, why is everybody acting like they're going to awake? Well, because they have, you know, they have other things to do in their life except sit and stare at this stuff for a week on it. Look, uh, I'm talking about the, the guys bills, in print. We're all saying this was a win for the dark side. If you go to my website, paradigmresearchgroup.org, right there on the front page, underneath the uh, shift storm. Yeah, it's uh, right. It's right image, up by your bio picture. There are two. Uh, the link. The, both, both both acts. Are there? There's a PDF file. You just click, and you can actually see both acts, read both acts, but converted into PDF doc format so it's easy to read and and even highlighted. And you can read the original 31-page UAP Act, Disclosure Act, and then you can read the amendment because they downgraded it to amendment that was ultimately the language in the bill, and you can compare the two. And what the the the, the main bill was saying, the UAP Act was saying, UAP Disclosure Act was this. We're going to start bringing everything forward through a review process. Oh, yeah. Go down to the red uh, rectangle, Disclosure Issues, underneath in the middle. It says UFO Disclosure Act. Click yeah. on that. 
And so we're going to we're going to start a process that's ultimately going to bring everything that the government has in its possession uh, regarding this subject into the public domain and archive it and then in the National Archives. I assume hardware might end up in the Smithsonian. Now, this process is going to be controlled and it's going to occur over time. But it's going to start immediately, I think within 30 days this after the This is the stuff that's older than 25 years, you say? No, it, let me finish. We're going to bring everything out, all right? But it's going to be controlled, and some things may be postponed. In addition to that commitment, anything 25 years or older is fast-tracked. In other words, that is going to be put into play right away for review. Right, so that's that's a that's a certain going to bring that that stuff is going to have a of, of an easier path. Things that are less than 25 years are going to have a stricter review process. In other words, the likelihood for some postponement on something that's recent, like five or six years ago, may be higher. It may not be. But really, what they're saying is not we're going to have you're going to have to wait 25 years for something that happened yesterday. They're trying they're saying something positive that everything that's 25 years or older, we're going to fast track that. Right, and but and and then the, and the newer stuff will get a little more careful review. That is what it is saying. Now people are misinterpreted, get really upset. No, if you read the totality of the bill, the whole well, wait, thing wait, is wait, designed. Wait, 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 If that's true, then it's it's an overwhelming win, even at the level of suppressed technologies, because those bendable pieces of aluminum out of Roswell, or you put one of those on display and have a kid go back and forth and back and forth and. Maybe there's stuff that levitates. There's the beams with the high – in other words, there's an amazing amount of stuff not covered by this 25-year you know, misperceived window. Oh, sure. Uh, again, it, Any it's, one it's of an those would do it. It's a great win, but understand that the enforcement power was stripped out of the bill, meaning that's the intent of the bill. But Well, Congress... who is sitting on the Roswell junk except the U.S. government? It's not in private I, hands, is it? I don't know. We don't know. We don't know who's got it. We don't uh, know. So the enforcement's been taken out, but that's that's really not particularly relevant. In other words, the well, the American people if, are the only ultimate enforcement. It's political action. It's if they demand it, they will come. Well, we've been demanding it for seventy-five years. I'm God. But there hasn't been the framework of law to support but, but, the demand. Schumer, Schumer sent a message. Because of the way bills are passed, the language of a bill, a Senate bill, actually sits in the public domain for months to be read any, by anybody in the world. Mm -hmm. And so he puts this bill up there for anybody to see and makes a powerful statement. This is our intent. Our intent is to get it all out, and this is the enforcement uh, uh, tools we're going to provide. He sends that statement out. He scares the hell out of all, all the insiders, and they go, oh, God. They push back, which simply confirms the point, and he concedes. Great. Now, they're happy for a while. Everybody settles down, and then, boom, they hit the, they, they, they hold the, the hearing in the Senate, the Intel Committee. Things explode pretty quickly. Biden comes forward, becomes a disclosure president. Wait, Other could, presidents I, follow, my memory, and then they resubmit the bill. My memory is catching up. You know what else needs to happen in January? We have what? another stupid shutdown of the government. Yeah, Johnson needs to shut the government down to keep his job. Uh, Gates is already on him. I, 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 let me put it this way. If, if, if the government is going to shut down, then the, the hearings should be the gift we get for having to put up with that. 
Well, in a yeah, fair and just universe, that, right? which we don't live in, <clears throat> hint, hint. So. Uh, so they can get the hearings underway very quickly if they want to. I'll, and and all, I, all I say is I want, I want those witnesses to have their airfare covered. I want them to have hotels. I, I heard stuff about them wanting to come in and interview some people, but they had to pay their way. And I'm like, oh, please give me a break. So uh, I'm putting the word in on that. You know, let's treat so these you're men. going to Google the Smithsonian, find out which hole this major uh, display is. Just look at the link on our website, mm-hmm. number six, I think, and or seven. And, you know, you're going to go there with a the camera and take some damn pictures. That's, that's a reasonable possibility, keeping the fact that I've got an interview at one and I'm bringing this safe Oh, no, no, no. Four. That doesn't have to be done in the next few hours or days. No, when when not, you have a window, no. you know, because obviously – if you get something amazing, we're going to be talking again next weekend with okay. your photographs. I mean, I got a Moto G Pure camera. It's 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 not top of the line, but it's probably adequate. Okay, so we'll Keith, is Wilbur in any condition to also do this? I would don't it, think would, so. Would it be a morale thing for him? Because um, I know when you're feeling crappy, it's nice to be needed. Yeah, but Wilbur's. Um diagnosis is his heart is in a failing situation oh my god so he can't breathe as well as and i haven't heard from him past couple of days and Uh i've been trying to reach him and his phone's voicemail is filled so i don't know what the situation is at this point in time he's not particularly old fellow is he uh keith he's he's not too old he's 70. oh he is 70. yeah oh god yeah that's that's right not old these days no, it's not. No, I hope not because I'm older than that. The point is that I realize now it's been that long since I first. Hey, I beat your hands down. Um, uh, I'll see if I can get a hold of him if he's. If, it would look. I think for Morel, even if he can't do it, tell him he's wanted. If he if he wants to do it and can do it without straining his heart, obviously you should think of medicine first. Yeah. But it would be nice for him to know that that we thought of him. Okay, yeah, that's good. So, Stephen, I, I, uh, the crown is I, back on you. It would be hysterical if your nomenclature in history is, and Stephen Bassett took the definitive photographs of a genuine extraterrestrial artifact displayed by NASA at the Smithsonian specifically to get the audience, the American people, to forward disclosure to the next level. Not exactly presidential freedom medal yeah. level, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's okay. I'll take it. Well, then you need to get your friend to get you into the White House uh, press conference. So, Look, I have one goal right now. You know what my goal is? One way or another, I don't care how I am about to do it, I'm going to be in that hearing room when they have that Senate Intel uh-huh. Committee. I'm going to move hell and high water, hell and heaven and earth to get there. I have a few angles on that, but one way or another, I'm going to get in that room. Well, I would be – become a stringer for one of the news agencies. Come on, who better? And work doesn't work that way, Dick. It did when I was there. (laughs) Let me tell you, that's going to be a coveted. I have have someone on the West Coast who works for MSNBC who happened to be the science director. I will call him and see if he will deputize you. So you guys (laughs) come out with a story, byline. He He can't be on the East Coast. You're his surrogate. It's all credentialed, and we have weeks for it to happen. We have the whole holiday because they ain't going to surprise us before Christmas. No, no, they'll announce it afterwards. Hey, look, if any any news entity wants to give me a legitimate credential, okay, good, good. I, I, so I can go in and I'm report. trying to get I permission. You know, you spend all this time in the vineyard. 
it's time you picked a few grapes. <laughs> now, keep in mind, the hearings, they're going to be at least a full week. And so there's going to be a lot of opportunities to get into at least one of the yeah, sessions. Yeah, of course, of course. I would like to be in every single one. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but uh, that's my goal. That's my number one goal right now. <laughs> uh, I made it into the hearing in the House, and I'm on a roll. So I want. Yeah, to I, when, when, when I got into the hearing with um, – Oh, I forget. It was the House hearing, and it was with Sagan and um, his executive director of the Planetary Society and my friend David Webb. Oh, David. Uh, David. I had a friend at Chase Manhattan, David Webb, who was a member of the Reagan uh, Space Commission. He got me into the hearing. It's always in who you know. So who oh, do you absolutely. know? Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I'm gonna, I got some cards to play. I got some time, but super. Uh, this will this will be okay. If you wind new. up there, then you become our correspondent, and we'll do the same thing Keith did with Alan Stern, the head of the New Horizons Pluto flyby, many many years ago. We'll put a headset on you, and you'll broadcast live, or that night, you know, we'll talk about the hearing, what it was like. Mm-hmm. I think I think this hearing could very well end up being the most important hearing. Well, yeah, we'll recognized the most important hearing ever. This is obviously the, the next Schumer chess move. Get the what's his name in Virginia to move. Well, I, I think they're, they're they're all conferring behind the scenes. Yeah, of course, they're they're not they're not playing. A, and they have a holiday to confer on. They don't have to make a snap. But yeah, I would say that there could be some positive surprises in uh, first second week of Jan- second week of January. Yeah, the Intel Committee, not only have they been the key sponsors of four pieces of legislation, every member of that committee, I think 17, have signed letters, at least two. I think one went to ERA, one went to the White House. I need to research that. They're all on the dotted line as supporting this disclosure process. This is going to be their legacy, and it is going to be one hell of a legacy, and it's going to be nonpartisan. Uh, it's Republicans and Democrats uh, acting appropriately. If every committee could be like the intel, it'd be great. But whatever. The point is, is that this is their legacy, and and it's going to make history. Uh, but it is still a very difficult thing to do in the sense of there's so many things to consider. Uh, you can't consider them all. Ultimately, it comes down to just doing it. You simply call the hearing. You or you you. You get the witnesses in town. Well, if, if this is now at the level of anything before 25 years is fair game, and we would think maybe way back when the earliest stuff was under government control. Remember, Roswell was an Army Air Base, uh, first nuclear battalion. Um, you know, the CIA was in incredibly nascent and impotent form. I'm wondering if the Roswell materials are under government control, then that's the ones they can release first, which makes a huge amount of sense chronologically. It's far enough away in time. It isn't shocking. It's an ancient archive of interesting toys and doodads and bendable metals. And, you know, in other words, to me, that's where I would start. The the fact is, not the fact, but what I invite your listeners to consider is this. The process of this, the disclo- control disclosure process uh, would, would start relatively soon and go on for years uh, and will be elaborate, but it will be satisfying because there will always be new, new information coming forward. But before that really gets underway, something far more, <laughs> far more intense is going to happen, and that is 
starting either the Monday after the Friday or the next day after the president confirms the non-human tech, meaning extraterrestrials. The briefing rooms at the White House, at the Department of Defense, <laughs> NASA, uh, every, any, every briefing room worth, uh, worth getting into is going to be packed wall-to-wall with, with reporters. And in this, in this case, uh, these reporters are not going to go in not knowing what the hell's going on. They, they've had plenty of time to see what's happening. They've had plenty of time to read up about Roswell and everything else. They had plenty of time to read about contact. All they have to do is read all of Grusha's interviews. And so they're going to walk in there. The president has just confirmed the ET presence. Everything is now on the table, and the questions are going to come hard and fast. It's, they're not going to be cutting them slack. They're going to be thinking readers, money, Pulitzer Prizes, and whatever else. And so the questions are going to slam into those briefing uh, rooms or into the, the, the press secretaries or whatever, and it's going to be intense right away. In other words, almost certainly one of the first questions will be, when did you know about the, the ET presence? And it's going to be 1940s. Uh, when did you have tech? 1940s. Why didn't you tell us national security? Why didn't you tell us national security? And I will, I will take a bet. I mean, I'm, I, I'm not going to take a bet. I'm, I'm going to say <laughs> with extremely high confidence that within the first 15 minutes of, of the briefing, particularly the one at the White House briefing room, a reporter is going to ask the obvious question. Is it the case, as we have heard from many sources, that these non-humans have been taking humans oh from their beds, from, from their cars, taking them and then bringing them back after dealing with them? And the answer had better be yes. They will have to say yes. And then the next question after that is probably going to be, could the government do anything to have stopped it? And the answer is no. This, this is how fast things are going to get, how tense things are going to get. The releasing of the information, sure, that'll happen, but believe me, the questions will come immediately. And the government is not – they're not going to get up there and say, well, look, uh, you've asked that question. Now you need to wait 25 years, and we'll give you the answer. No. They're going to have to answer brutally tough questions in the immediate aftermath of disclosure. They will have time to prepare. They know that it's going to be, be tricky. They're hoping the people will be generous, but they're going to have to tell the truth post-disclosure. Any more lies, it's just not going to work. But the internet, they're going to have hundred. They're okay. going to have several Stephen, billion people. We're yes. at the top of the hour. Okay. My guest this morning, Stephen Bassett. We are on the edge of forever. The edge between suspicion, symbolism, clues, urban legends social media, and reality. You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland. We shall return.
theothersideofmidnight.com. Tune in to listen to Richard C. Hogland and his fascinating guests. Support the broadcast and don't miss another groundbreaking conversation. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive member benefits. Listen to past episodes anytime on any device. Search the archives of over 180 episodes. Membership costs $9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. The other side of midnight.com. And welcome back, everyone, to this Saturday night, Sunday morning edition of The Other Side of Midnight Now. Stephen Bassett is our guest, our number, if you want to join the conversation. If you can think of some questions that we haven't covered, by all means, call 917-889-8802. 917-889-8802. So, Stephen, where should we take this next? I mean... Obviously, the major question that I am interested in is what is going to be the time lag between open hearings on extraordinary technology uh, developed by someone not of this earth and released in some fashion by the U.S. government, beginning with the earliest stuff first. I mean, that seems to be the obvious uh, way that one would do this and simply put out the earliest stuff first. And then the rest would follow. So if that were to happen, what do you think would be the practical effects on our society? In other words, I'm asking the question, why have you and I spent 25, 30, 40, 50 years, 40 years in my case, give or take, trying to break this damn door down? What will the effect be on Earth and where will the first breakthroughs appear? This is a question that huge numbers of think tanks and historians and futurists will be chewing on. It's way out of my pay grade. I I think the one thing I can say, though, is that probably the most significant thing that will impact us happens the moment the president confirms the EQ presence, uh, followed by other heads of state, which will confirm it in short order. That is probably the most significant thing. That is what triggers begins a process of worldview change. It is the paradigm shift itself. And that that may be the most important thing of all. Eight billion people are going to have to recalculate, run the math, uh, to what extent and how they how they, you know, think and operate. They run the math and recalculate their place in the world, what they expect in this world, how they're going to conduct themselves, how they want their governments to conduct themselves. And this worldview change may lead to some extraordinarily good outcomes. Now, that's the, that, to me, that's number one. After that, uh, but again, all of this happens after the, the early questions, uh, after the early press conferences, which are going to be difficult and brutal. 
And you're going to learn a lot from those. Um, uh, so let's not discount that. Do we know who – what's his name that uh, uh, Arrow – who the replacement guy is yet? I have not – the name has not crossed my radar yet. Mine, mine neither. I, but there's a vacancy. We don't know who's in line to succeed him. Yeah. It makes total sense. I mean, Kirkpatrick was a placeholder. Oh, he, he was a phase terrible... one. Yeah, we're into phase two. Or three yeah, he had four. a terrible job, a br- brutal <laughs> job. He had to take uh, catch arrows and spears. He couldn't really do anything. He was a placeholder. I feel for him, but I understand he's gotten a, a very fine job. They've taken well care of him. Well, they rewarded him for service and valor above and beyond. Absolutely. No, no. But so not. It's not surprising that since he had to to go through that gauntlet and. And, and deal with all that stuff. That they want to start fresh with a new a new director. Uh, it, what I hope will be the the post disclosure world. In other words, we, we, and, and as I've said many times, Dick, everything that's been happening, uh, uh, the, the the legislation, the statements from members of Congress, the setting up of Arrow, the NASA study, all of this stuff we've been seeing coming together for years has nothing to do with finding out what this stuff is. They already know. And so since they already know, why are they doing this? They're doing this so that they will be ready to deal with what happens when the president is closed. They're perfectly ready to move immediately to deal with exactly what people are going to demand without all of this infrastructure and all of this, this, this legislation. If somehow the president was forced to disclose uh, – See, naked every disclosure. day there is a briefing at the White House. The president isn't there most of those times. That's Kind yeah. of rare, but there is uh, what's her name? I forget. You know the young gal that uh, Miss Jean Pierre. Yeah, she she's brilliant. She deserved the job. I'm so glad mm-hmm. to see her being definitely good at it, uh, like uh, Jen Sensaki. Um, she holds a press briefing every day, mm-hmm. so all the reporter could have to do is ask this loaded question and demand an answer. We know he's got the artifact. He bragged about it to the astronauts. Why isn't he telling the world that it's an ET artifact? Because look at it. The damn thing is a piece of engineering. And that will start the ball rolling in a way that will be very interesting to watch. I mean, no disrespect to your artifact, Dick, but uh, you don't demand answers in, the, in that press room. Yes, you but do. Let me say this. Let me say this. Try, try to imagine. If I was going to set up press briefings after disclosure takes place, that was a good, the, the president's made the announcement. I would not send a single person out there to be able to face down the media. You don't want to do that. Imagine being the only person in front of those reporters. There's several hundred million people watching this briefing, Mm -hmm. I assure you. Mm -hmm. And you're asked the question by a a legitimate reporter, are are people being abducted by extraterrestrials? And you have to say yes. But you can't you start there. You've got to start where it's not going to kill people and threaten them and make them run for the hills like Orson Welles. And, you and know. Dick, the, the reporters will start wherever the hell they want. That's okay. why I want to get in first by asking about the artifact because it's real. Again, I'm, I'm talking about post-disclosure. You don't believe so, the artifact is real? I have no idea. So post-disclosure. And so what I would do is I would I would, I would directly get out you three or four people. For a toaster. You want three or four people, high-level people, that are going to be doing the briefings, in, whether it's at the Pentagon, whether it's the White House, so that they're not one person. It's not the focus of this because these are going to be brutally tough questions. That stuff is it quickly. There's no way that they can, they can get around it. 
uh, it, it, in other words, but you're saying this all can't be done until it's triggered by the hearing in the Senate Intelligence. Oh, Committee. absolutely! No, 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 no. This, this, these. So we're waiting on Godot. You, you've, you've, un, you've complete the, the entire journalistic world is unleashed five seconds after the words come out of the president's mouth. Now he is not going to take questions either in front of the media. He will, he will turn and go back up cross hall. He might do it from the Oval Office. Uh, you could go that way. I would say don't, but you go that way. They're not. He's not going to take press. Those those questions are going to come in briefings. It sounds to me like my activist doesn't want to be active. I would push the river. Your activist has a full plate, Dick. Trust me. Well, then find someone else to go into history. Yeah, sure. I got I got people lined up at the wall here. Well, so I look, have a few. So this 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 is. We're talking about there's a whole lot we're going to learn just from the briefings, the press briefings. They're going to take place in the days following disclosure. For instance, I'm sure that one of the reporters will probably ask, was Roswell a a crash vehicle? The answer is yeah. Okay, we just had Roswell confirmed. That's not the same thing as, as seeing photographs of the crash vehicle, but it confirms it, right? And so... A great deal is going to come out in these press briefings, not only in the U.S., but in other countries, the U.K. and France, Italy, whatever. And this is going to be very helpful. People are going to be very pleased to hear this. They're, they're going to be, it's going to make them feel like, okay, you're telling me the truth now. I, I can think about this. So this is going to be very satisfying. It, it, it's, that's going to happen before huge amounts of troves of documents and secret stuff is going to be brought forward before we can actually see a crash vehicle. So it's not like we're going to have to wait. It's going to be things happening right away. And then the question is, how do we, how do we move forward from there? Uh, I think that one thing is that whatever the time frame is that the government has in its head about how long it'll take before they're able to get virtually everything public on this, it's going to be shorter than they think. All right, that's one thing I can say. Secondly, um, you mean, other you, mean what, you mean the time lag between? I'm saying that whatever time frame that, uh, in terms of after disclosure, whatever time frame they they have in their mind in terms of how and long it'll take to get everything out. When the president says yes. Yeah, how, how long it'll get everything out in front of the public? It's going to be shorter than they think. Maybe they're thinking five years. It'll be two. So uh, that's just, I think, human nature. I think it's, it's that's fine. But I do think we have any short. independent confirmation as to Biden's position on all of this? In other words, is he happy with the 25-year timeline, or is he willing to go out tomorrow or it's, after the hearing? The 25-year timeline is again, it's it's, it's in everybody's not, minds. I'm telling you, the press wrote it that way. It is the 25-year timeline. It simply states that 25 years or older is fast track. The other stuff is and going to be handled And it leaves it in slow. law up to the agencies or the corporations. Absolutely. If, if, the, if, the, if the government wanted to bring out a crash vehicle that landed last month, they will. They can do it if they want to. It's not prohibiting it. It's simply saying that 25 and older is fast track. That's all. Okay? That's it. Okay. So, again – Telling you it was confusing, it was deliberately to be confusing. So this this is going to be shorter than anything. But I I think most people are going to be focused on the answers to the questions that they're going to be giving to the media in the aftermath. They can confirm Roswell's and confirm without having to get into releasing anything. 
Uh, and this will be great. People will be thrilled about it. Uh, well, it's, it's, going more, take, it's more Brooking. You know, it's going to take years a, a, to digest. No, it won't. No, we live in an incredibly fast-paced period. Look at AI. It's going to take maybe a year. It's all going to be out on the table in a year if this dam is broken by the president standing up and saying, look at this. Holding up when, I, when, I, when I say digest, I'm talking about the entire planet of 200 countries trying to get – Yeah, and they're all connected by Starlink, or a lot of them are. This is going to whip around the world faster than the speed of light. Come on. The information will. But in terms of, 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 of understanding, reviewing, uh, dissecting the, the history of all this going back 70 years and the millions upon millions of documents and so forth, not just here but around the world, it's going to take years to, uh, to get into it. But the key stuff will, will be out pretty quickly. Is there a document? Well, let me, yes. let, me, let me tell you another breakthrough, and I didn't include this in my roster because I wanted to keep it limited. Uh, are you aware tonight there is a HD UFO technology in Earth orbit waiting to be tested? An HD, what, do you, what, what is it? Hyperdimensional torsion field oh. space drive in a little spacecraft, a CubeSat called Barry One. Okay, was, sounds cool. Tell was, me more. That was read the Forbes. The Forbes piece mm-hmm. is very thorough. Forbes magazine does not publish crap. Forbes is the economic watchdog of private industry on up mm-hmm. and comers. There's a little company called IVO in South Dakota run by a guy named Richard Mansell, who is a brilliant engineer, who ostensibly, according to the cover story, read a five-year report by DARPA that this kind of physics was possible. A DARPA contract went five years to a guy named Dr. McCulloch, uh, I forget his first name, mm. and their conclusion of the study was, yes, it is, according to the Story, this guy Mansell said, oh, I've got a company that makes that kind of technology. He whipped together in two months two engines based on this physics that does use no fuel. There's zero fuel on board. The spacecraft is in low Earth orbit, a couple of hundred miles up. It's called Barry 1. It's being tracked by every government on Earth, Russia, China, Korea, the U.S., JPL, Deep Space Network, CIA, mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah. And they put it into orbit on the 11th as part of a cluster that Elon Musk launched on a um, Falcon 9. Huh. It's in orbit. I can punch up the actual live track on the computer anytime I want. They're waiting about another month, give or take, to continue to collect curved orbital data on the Barry 1 spacecraft, subject only to solar winds, upper atmospheric density, gravity, moon position, the usual, okay? And then after two months, remember counting from December, from November 11th, they're going to turn on the engines. And this little guy, without any fuel on board and no rockets, is going to be raised in orbit by 60 miles, 100 kilometers, a technology which can only be hyperdimensional UFO tech homegrown by engineers here on planet Earth. And that could blow the doors off before any of this politics wakes up and puts its boots on because it's in orbit tonight and they're waiting patiently to throw the switch. Was this 
this sounds like anagravitics, is it? Yes, it is. In fact, I think it is the uh, Byfield-Brown capacitor drive because guess what technology IVO Systems in North Dakota is past master at making? High-strength current technology capacitors. Mm-hmm. So the damn thing's going to work. Mm-hmm. And when it works, everything changes. Everything. Because no longer do we have to wait for the guys in the UFOs to give us technology or the U.S. government or Lockheed Martin. It's being done by a small company out of South Dakota live and on television and being watched by all of the intel agencies of the entire planet. Because if it works, everything changes. Okay. Sounds like that's interesting. I will send you the link. So, with 19 after the hour, we've got, come on, guys, come on, call us in. We've got some amazing confirmation of a, a range of breakthroughs here, and nobody but Steve was interested from Massachusetts. 917-889-8802. 917-889-8802. Oh, there you are. Okay. Yes, okay. I think we need to rip the bandit off like, uh, like Steve said. Just... Tell the people, yeah, ask the question, have people been abducted by these high-tech entities? Because people never thought this would happen or could be happening, but it is. And the only way you're going to get people's attention is to, to make the ones who've had the encounters wake up to the fact that it wasn't a dream. And, yes, they were involved in it. Yeah. They just didn't know it. And I think that would that will shake people up quicker, faster, and they will start to take this stuff more seriously. Well, the, you know, the, the, uh, do we know whether? Is, uh, sorry, Steve. Do we know whether the act covers back at Harvard all of his case studies? He's no longer with us, but there's a huge no, file. Of, re- go ahead. It was specifically referring to technology, hardware in the hands of non-governmental hands, contractors, private individuals. It's not referring to studies or anything like that or your research. It's referring to hardware. And I think also in terms of what you've learned from it. Uh, So if you have learned and and, then written up analyses and so forth, I think things directly derived from that hardware is going to be considered. It's, It's essentially an intellectual property thing. But ultimately, the, the, the fundamental thing behind eminent domain is, is, is something that's pretty straightforward. In fully unregulated capitalism, a corporation has only one obligation, and that's to its shareholders. Mm-hmm. Its job is to make the shareholders as much money as possible. Uh, the government's job is to take care of the people and defend them, defend the country and take care of the people, the public space, the commons. And... The technology has the potential to make vast sums of money uh, for the companies who will then give it to their shareholders, and they don't care what common good it may have. That's the way corporations always operate, typically operate. Not all do, but but that is certainly impossible. And so they're saying, look, this, this has got to accrue to the public good. So eminent domain means that that's going to be – we're going to have the control of how this goes forward. It doesn't mean that the contractors could not participate in development of this tech, 
further or even its commercialization and make a lot of money. It just means that the does government's the, going to make the call. Does the law cover their development of, of Earth-based technologies based on this UAP knowledge, or is it only the ET tech which is being forced okay. into the open? Again, referring to now to the law that didn't pass, the, law, the, the law. UAP Act. Uh, well, no, what about the one that did pass? No, it's not in the one that didn't pass. That that was stripped out. Eminent domain's not even in it at all, so it's not an issue. In fact, I heard rumors. Well, I, uh, who's supposed to release this over twenty-five year data? <laughs> Again, the, the the process of release obviously is in the hands of the people that have it, and the power of the government to get it. And so it's kind of a standoff, but it is a statement of intent. It, it literally ends up being a kind of statement of intent. This is what we want to do if it is and when we want to do it. I get it. By taking the punitive and, and, the, and the powers out of the act, they took the pressure off of the insiders for now. All right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so I get that, and I, I appreciate it. But they cannot stop hearings. Right, Lockheed Martin cannot, you know, Mike Turner and Mike Rogers cannot stop a Senate Intel hearing. Once that hearing has happened, and once we get the testimony, once we get disclosure, I assure you, the whole issue will be revisited again. Well, right. have you called Werner's office and said when are the hearings scheduled? No, because if I called him, I wouldn't get an answer. That's not the way it works. Right? They'll announce it when they announce it. They're not going to give a stranger that information. So yeah, but uh, the number of people who call asking that question is a measure. Remember, they are very responsive to phone calls. Doesn't take a well, lot of yes, phone calls on the same subject. In the in the shift storm that I that I'm setting up, <laughs> the one at shiftstorm.org, I particularly note I'm, this is not a storm of phone calls. You cannot shower phone calls in these offices. It really makes them angry, interrupts their business. It's not necessary. So uh, you 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 just send the messages using Twitter tagging and some emails. It's a, it's a simple thing. It's, it, it's, we're just trying to get the hearings. We don't have to get into any other areas. Once we get the hearings, we get disclosure. And then all of this will be re – and so they bought some time, uh, but and – and he didn't mind it. I, I think that Schumer knew that probably they would probably pull it out, but they would have to come out of cover. As you pointed out earlier, it clearly identified to the American people those who are opposed to this truth process and those who are for it. And that's what I've been doing. I'm promoting the heroes. I'm promoting Burchett and Luna and Mace and, and Shermer and, and, and all these. And let me, these are the heroes, folks. Back them. Get behind them. And by the way, it's a mixture of Republicans and Democrats. It is, not, it is bipartisan as it always has been. Admittedly, Schumer did kind of chide the, the Republicans for being the lead in, 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 in limiting the bill. But, and so that did partisanize it. But he didn't exactly get carried away. Right. I mean, it was a mild thing. And then he went on and said, well, well, yeah, this bill, we're going to move forward. Um, and it was true. I mean, it was the Republicans leading it because the Republicans get the most funding from the defense contractors in terms of campaign donations. That, that's the way our government works. Hmm. Okay. Real politics. But what's happening, what's most important, this is real politics. This is heavy duty time politics at the highest level, all about our issue. It's never happened before like this. This is the end game. This is what we've been waiting for for all of these years. Now, we'd all love it to happen in a certain way, but again, it's happening. 
There is no denying. There's no going backwards. In fact, one of my concerns is that this thing is now so far forward that another head of state could jump right in and say, hey, thank you, and take the ball and, and score the touchdown. I say, who needs a win on this level? China. Need, oh, no, 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 Putin, Putin. Putin needs this desperately. He would no, change. no, Putin can't do it. No, of course Putin he could. No way, no way, no way, no, no, I assure you. Uh, he's, he's got way too many problems. And in, in he's running for re-election. Nah. Yes. Uh, Xi Jinping is the one that can really benefit from this. Uh, they, they're not embroiled in a war. Uh, they, they have a huge space program. They, they've made their wait, desires. Wait, wait, wait. Remember to be a major Wag the Dog? Remember, you what? know, the Wag the Dog? You know, the the uh, major movie was what? With Dustin Hoffman was he in it? Anyway, the yeah. point is that Putin could wag the dog brilliantly because he's got the same goods we do. Uh, I, I guess if the question is who could benefit the most. No, 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 no. It's no, it's it's Xi Jinping. It's, it's a, a nation of 1.5 billion people with a huge space program. Uh, he he literally would take center stage. He bet. Not, I'm not saying that Putin wouldn't benefit from it, but it would be. Let me just say, it would be tainted. You know, when, when you when you're going to make history at that level, at the same time you're sending cruise missiles into elementary schools, it just doesn't doesn't taste the same. And so. Just, well, I, I agree with you. It would be preferable if it was China or obviously preferable is Biden and first set the, set the tone, set the – Well, so my point is, I mean, if I'm, if I'm the Senate – He has I'm already thinking. said major things in, in terms of China and the moon that are not rah-rah China, that we're in a war or we're in a race. We have to win it There's yeah, you know, no. because he knows what's there, and yeah, we have to win it. So – if China really is being behind the scenes aggressive on this, I can see that also moving the ball in terms of the Biden White House. Well, this is a message I want to get to, right? I mean, I mean, in case they're not thinking about it, I mean, I've been saying this you for the some years. We're not the only country, and another oh, not, you're, you're, this message to our guys. And, and, and when you've got the thing literally out there now. I mean, Xi Jinping is, is fully aware of this. They're seeing all of this. They're watching it all go on. And it, you could just come out and say, okay, yeah, and Biden comes in second. Okay, fine. Second, who remembers who's second? Who, who remembers who won the silver in the 400-yard dash in the 1978 <laughs> Olympics? So it, it, there's a lot at stake here, and I, my job is to just to point out these things so that people far more powerful than I might just go, hmm, you know, I think probably that. Okay, uh, we, are, we are at the bottom of the hour. Okay. One last half hour to go. And there will be surprises. There's been a lot of interesting surprises tonight. I'm really surprised that this 25-year, you know, delay being the, the Schumer comparison to JFK is not what the press is all saying, which I find, again, it's not accidental. It's not coincidence. It's deliberate spin. It's to get people to go, oh, I'll come back in 25 years when there's something to look at. It's all about suppress, suppress, suppress. That's why this show is the opposite. It's about awaken. We need to be woke on the issue of extraterrestrial life. The life you save may be your own. Here on the other side of midnight, my name is Richard C. Hoagland. We shall return.
Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive member benefits. Listen to past episodes anytime on any device. Search the archives of over 180 episodes. Membership costs $9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Support the broadcaster to provide you with the most interesting conversation available. Talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. The other side of midnight.com. Welcome back, everyone. Last half hour to go on this Sunday night of the other side of midnight. My guest this morning is Stephen Bassett. And um, I believe, if I can uh, discern the outlines of uh, a volunteer, that Stephen is volunteering to walk a few blocks down to the uh, Smithsonian, find via Google the right hall, enter with high-tech state-of-the-art digital camera, and absolutely blow the hell off everybody's you know, wish list for Christmas by photographing actual demonstrable extraterrestrial technology on display at the Smithsonian. Do I understand the uh, the volunteer, you know, fully? What is the name of the asteroid that it came from again? Bennu. Bennu. B-E-N-N-U. B-E-N-N-U. B as in boy. Oh, B as in Bennu. boy. Yes. Remember, remember the Bennu bird in Egyptian mythology? Which is the Sphinx, the recycling? How can I forget? Yeah, well, that's that's what that where the name came from. There you go. And NASA created a spacecraft name with the most cockadoodle acronym possible that really means ancient Egyptian supremacy from the Pharaoh called I- Osiris Rex, Osiris the King, the mm-hmm. Pharaoh, Osiris of the Egyptian triumvirate, uh, Osiris, Isis, and Horus. And NASA sending a Horus to the moon in the next couple, three weeks called a Peregrine Falcon mission. Falcons, Horus, it's all part of a bigger, very sticky picture. So into this, <clears throat> Stephen with a camera can walk down the street and have a firsthand look through a microscope of real, genuine. Does it make sense to you, Stephen, that they have spent two blankety blank months trying to figure out how to get into this canister and the same NASA which saved the lives of Apollo 13 astronauts by creating a non-existent technology in two days, in two months, can't find a damn screwdriver? Uh, 
I am I'm, I'm absolutely astounded. I don't know what to say. Uh, but I'm Does sure there's a reason. Does that sound like a cover-up, like an effort like Trump to buy time, like to buy no, time until I mean, after disclosure? They might have gotten damaged. I have trouble opening up packages that have that super tight plastic thingies, covers on them, and it takes me hours to do it. These are actual um, hexagonal screws. We can see them, and we can also see on the photographs that no one has tried to open them. They're not stripped. There's not scratches. There's no current evidence anybody has tried to open it after it was closed seven years ago. Well, let's it's face a cover it, if, story. The, if, the, if what's in there is what you say, they, they may not want to open it. Exactly. Ding, 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 ding. And other people besides us crazies out here are seeing it, and that's why the piece that I've linked in my items for tonight is so relevant, where they say two months and you still can't get the damn thing open. In other words, ordinary, non-involved folks are saying, this is nuts. This is NASA. You know, it's like Ron said, do we lose Ron? Did we? I don't see Ron on the roster. You know, he should call back in. He basically said we should send them a can of WD-40. <laughs> and I want to send them a whole bunch of screwdrivers, at least digital versions. Here, pick your, your poison. Here's one. Here's a company that will volunteer to make you a screwdriver so you can get into your priceless $1.8 billion samples. You know, NASA has been a victim of this truth embargo as much as any anybody or any, any institution. Impossible situation. Uh, hey, wait, 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 let me interrupt. You obviously have not heard the latest. Yeah. Remember a NASA administrator appointed by Bush called Mike Green? Not not Green, not Green. Um, oh, what was it? What was it? it slipped away from me. Mike, uh, oh, come on, come on. Keith, you remember? Whatever that last name is, I don't remember it. Oh, he's, he's very, he was, he was the guy who created the original Return to the Moon scenario. With two mm-hmm. missions and all this under Bush, and Bush did it. The Smithsonian said we're going back to the moon, and it was uh, two spacecraft, you know, a, a booster and lander and all that thing. And um, oh, what is his name, Mike? Anyway, the other day he gave an interview where he basically admitted, as a former NASA administrator, what I've been saying for decades, which is NASA is not a civilian space agency; it's part of the military-industrial complex and is under the Pentagon and is, in fact, a prisoner of the same rules of national security uh, that have governed the Pentagon and the military for all these years, vis-a-vis ETs, UFOs, and all that. I read that in the Washington Post, 1965, when I was looking at these articles uh, in the New York Times in 1924. It was an article that said that the unions at NASA were upset because key positions were being given to retired military personnel. Now, if you want to take over something, oh, these guys are technically civilians, but they still have the oath of loyalty, oath of secrecy to the military, and if they're told to put their thumb on something, they're going to do it. So, yeah, the military took over NASA four years before we went to the moon because they knew it was out there, and they didn't want anybody else finding out. So well, they, they, well, like they took over us. At the very beginning, I mean, when, the, when, the, when NASA was formed, the, the Space Act essentially said that anything that had national security implications 
uh, was deferred had to be deferred. Exactly, to you're one of the only ones that know the fine print. That's what I've been saying and, for decades. Of course, that, and Mike. And oh, what is his last name? Ah, Griffin. Yeah, Mike so Griffin. Mike Griffin. That's his name. Yeah. Mike Pentagon, Griffin admitted it on 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 video. Remember, if it's real, it'll be on television. He admitted it on camera just a few days ago, and everybody is going, "Oh my God, it's not." No, we've all known this. Those of us that have been following this. And so NASA has been constrained, like everybody else, by national security experts that are off camera, part of the so-called deep state. And, and of course, the, the law was fairly vague. In other words, national security is whatever the whatever Pentagon they says decide. It is. Exactly. And so, in that sense, they were constrained. I, I don't. They weren't a formal arm of the DoD, but the uh, well, the no, everything they do is subject to review in the charter. I went back and read the charter. Ron, are you with us yet? Can you call him Keith on Skype? Because I cannot reach him through Blog Talk. He's there. I click on him, but nothing happens. There's there's two things they had to do in the 58 that service the truth embargo big time. Remember, this is only six years after the huge flyover in Washington, D.C. 1952, right? July. That's right. The and week, the week of the after. 20th. Crucial time, week of the 20th which turned out to be the landing date for Apollo 11. Ritual, ritual, ritual. And so they had to do two things. One, they had to, they, they had to have a space program. It had to be civilian, but they had to be con- it had to be controlled because obviously they were going to run into stuff that was going to be a problem. So in the truth embargo, obviously, that, that was not going to be allowed. So they, and the other thing they, they had to do was they had to do something to show the world that they cared, right? That this issue of possible life in the universe was 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 not a trivial thing, and and so they supported the idea of SETI, Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence, and they launched Hello SETI. Hang on, hang on, go ahead, Steve. It, it, it might have been civilian initially. I, anyway, SETI gets underway at that same time, and so SETI serves as kind of a buffer, meaning uh, if you're wondering. Why you're not saying more about this phenomenon? Hey, we're looking for ET uh, ET signals. Right? We care, and so case closed. And then in terms of NASA, if NASA comes across anything, they've got them covered on a space act. So this was a this was five five years after the Robinson panel. This is very so. This is the kind of scripted plan stuff that I can sign on to. I mean, this is pretty straightforward. These kinds of very substantial, heavy-handed actions uh, is how the truth embargo was able to survive. And so SETI essentially served the truth embargo from the day it was created, and no matter what form it took or who was owning it, it didn't matter. Did it you ever see the interview with Elon Musk by Joe Rogan a few uh, – maybe a year or so ago? You mean the one where he, he smokes a giant joint? No, the one after that where they talk about um, me for half an hour. Including, I don't think I saw that. In, uh, I'll send it to you. It's amazing. They spend half an hour talking, Musk and Rogan, about Hoagland and the monuments of Mars and whether my – Theories are crackpot or real or whatever. Yeah, good. And then they transfer all of the data we have discovered on Mars and the moon. They transfer it in the conversation to an extraterrestrial solar system, and they all are going rah-rah. Of course, there's ancient archaeology in the galaxy, just not in our backyard. Huh. Ron, you are here. Hey, uh, you yeah, got on Rogan, man. That, that's, that's big. Well, yeah. actually, when, when my friends with the HD Space Drive turn it on and it works, I have a pipeline to get on Rogan 
in addition to George and tell Rogan some night exactly what it means and the extraordinary breakthrough it represents on live television. It would be an interesting show. I would definitely watch it. That's for I will send you the recorded one that they already did. Yes, Ron, go ahead. You need, okay. You yeah. Need, no. You need to be I, more, uh, of course, you, I. You need to be more aggressive. Just a second, Steve. <laughs> uh, I've, I've been following. I've been following the whole thing, and yeah, you're still probably the only one that got my reference when I got through before. Uh, some sort of blogspot problem. I don't know. Uh, the uh, uh, oh, as to the Rogan thing. Yeah. Uh, one might remember that uh, Elon Musk. I am a fan. Uh, and I enjoyed the fact that he was smoking a big spleef of God knows how good that weed was uh, on the previous show. But uh, he said specifically, uh, we might find something in another solar system, yes. not this one. Yes, yes, yes. And it, and it was his phrasing that was that was interesting to some of us. Uh, yeah. Remember that so, night Rogan actually had my book cover ready? Stephen, oh, yeah. you you, well, you, they, you do production. They you know. were slapping you, Richard. Though it was not a positive. He wasn't. He Doesn't was matter. Fair. Remember, remember, it's not what yeah. they say about you. It's do they spell your name right? We are living. Yeah, look okay. at look at all the incredible positive things Trump gets when he's a despicable guy at times on television. It doesn't matter. It's being mentioned, being in the conversation, as Sagan said to Brandenburg. We are in well, the conversation. Cool that. Yes. Oh, no question about that. <laughs> okay. As much as I'd like so to I will call Lisa, on, I, I don't I don't have a specific answer. I will send I'm going back to Sorry. Stephen for a second. Don't don't go away. Yeah, yeah. Don't go away. I'm gonna call well, Lisa and email her, you know, when we get off the show tonight. And I'm gonna to try to get you on with me on Coast on Tuesday night, uh, which is two AM. It's ten o'clock my time. Uh eleven, twelve no, it's uh it's what, what, what time is it? It's, it's, well, it's only midnight back east, right? No, no, it's, no, it, no, no, it, no, it, no, it, no, it's one a.m. your time because they start an hour later on the east coast. Uh, I'm on, on the west coast. It's it'd be eleven o'clock my time, which means it'd be one o'clock your time on Tuesday. That sounds night. good. So you will take a nap. You'll be ready. I think yeah. I can make this happen because George is being very, very careful with me these days. He's Basically, he thinks I won. This is it. It's real. So I want to say again. Hmm? Uh, no, no, I, I hear you. Ten minutes. Oh, thank you, thank you, Keith. Oh, okay. Look, I want to. I want to ask you something. When, when is Artemis sent to launch? November of next year is Artemis two. Okay. So Biden was briefed and briefed them a full year, kind of ahead of the orbital mission. And I think part of the thing he did, and the reason he didn't announce it, it was kind of snuck in. It wasn't on the schedule. Nobody knew he was going to meet with the astronauts that are going back to the moon for the first time in 50 years, half a century since, you know, um, uh, the Apollo 17 crew came home. He showed them his artifact proudly, and they talked about it on the driveway. Obviously, the background conversation probably also included, oh, and there's a bunch of other stuff you should look out for. And I'll turn you over to the guy with the maps, Biden to uh, to crew. So Artemis is too is going to the moon. Yes, into orbit with with, with four astronauts. One, so one just Canadian. to show you how complicated this is and why it's not easy. Uh, that I think the Artemis 
program is is costing about what eight billion? It's a huge amount. Okay. So disclosure comes in late January, early February. The press the press briefings are just are underway the, the following days, and somebody finally asked the question. Uh, how far have we gone with that tech? Have we created our own workable anti-gravitic craft? Oh, the secret space program. Now, that that's, again, there's so much uh, uh, information out there and so much power in the collective Internet. Okay, hang on, hang on. Remember, that, this is going to happen on the timeline that I've been told. A month after IVO turns on their HD engine in Earth orbit with the whole world watching. So... The technology is not secret. The technology is being aired on live TV. You guys, did you have it like 30, 40, 50 years ago, or are these the first guys to figure it out? Again, there's evidence we have our own version of anti-gravitics yes. and their sizable yes. uh, craft. And if the answer is yes, now I understand that answer is coming, anti-gravity craft, then the next question would be, why in the hell are we spending $10 billion to, to risk lives of astronauts to send them up on that giant rocket in it's, November? Because it's you a see, Potemkin village. You know? Yes, Stephen, you've hit your nail right on the head. It's a Potemkin village. It was distraction and diversion for all the history of NASA. Whatever. The point is is, is that it's a very awkward question. Yes, <laughs> the, of course. The, the list of awkward questions is long. Very. And, if this was easy, it would have been done in forty-seven. If so, they, you know, they they're having to factor in how are we going to handle all of this, uh, and and there is no way to get through it clean, right? There's just no way. They're going to have to take their hits, and so if the answer is yes, we have anti-gravitics. The next answer is could those anti-gravitics take a, an astronaut to the moon? And if the answer to that is yes, then the Artemis program is over. And that money is wasted, and then the questions follow that. I mean, it's mm -hmm. just going to be that kind of thing. This is exactly the conversation I was hoping we would have tonight, because I don't think one in 10,000 people understand the interconnected, stunningly positive revolutions from technology to consciousness to climate change that are going to ensue with proper disclosure. Again, the one tech that I have the most confidence in is so we 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 got anagravitics because there's just so much testimony to that from various people over the years. Not saying all of yeah, it. Yeah, and is, all of that notwithstanding, there could be a live demo in Earth orbit of the same thing under yeah. total civilian control right well, now. Right now. Again, again, I'm, but I'm talking big ass triangles. All right. And so again, so this, this what can they do? Are they going to delay disclosure? So if they delay disclosure because they don't want to answer that tough question. And so the Artemis goes up. Okay, fine. Maybe it's a safe flight. Everything's fine. But then disclosure happens a couple of months later. Well, you're you're, you're missing one other data point. Musk. Remember, Musk is on a very fast track to send Starship to the moon. They had a stunning success the other day. Don't read. Don't believe the headlines. They're going to do the next one maybe between now and Christmas. Mm -hmm. It's going into orbit, and then in 2025, it's on the manifest that Musk is sending on the Starship eight, nine artists from around the world, from Britain, from the U.S., from Japan, from Germany, uh, all gathered together for a week-long trip into lower, low lunar orbit and back, and that will beat. Um, Artemis, because Artemis is going to be delayed, 
because of this food fight. Well, that's all very lovely, but uh, what do you think happens to Musk's space whole pro- program? The technology, the, the technology the, that I've been talking about, the stuff in, in Barry One tonight, cannot lift from Earth. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking I am about because the technology they're not going to let. They're not, they're not going to let the other out. They're going to incrementally move to the next step, which is you put uh-huh. it. You put. Want to make a bet? You put an anti-gravity spaceship on top of Musk's rocket, which can go to the moon for a tenth, if not a fiftieth, of the price of Artemis. And the SLS. I have no and idea. And that's how you that work your way into revealing we have even better technology. The days of working their way in are going to be over. That's your opinion. My opinion uh, is well, yeah, but, but I'm, I'm making it very clear. I'm not trying to be ambiguous about it. After disclosure, the answer to the question, do you have any gravity craft, is yes. If it is yes, it's yes. How do we can force them to, the to say if yes? If they can't, the how answer we, is yes. How do we force the them? End of how, do we, how do we force them to tell the truth? The, the reason here's the reason why they that they have that the truth problem. This this isn't 1969. So when the disclosure comes out, it comes out into a very different world, a world in which eight billion people, probably six billion have access to the internet and computers, five billion have cell phones, five billion are on social media. There is a massive network of research going on, podcasts and everything else, and everybody is going to be focused on the, that question and that answer. And when the answer comes back false, the entire internet is going to go after that answer, and if they can prove it false, they'll have it proven within 24 hours. How will they there. prove it false? Be- because the resources that are in the hands of the, just the public now that can r- run something down that can check things out, is now enormous. It's virtually global. The reason they got away with lies in the 50s and 60s is that who could even check what the hell they were talking about? That's not the way it is now. And so, and, and by the way, in the post-disclosure world, when most of the chains are off, they're going to say, oh, no, no, we don't have anti-gravitics that can go to the moon. And then the next day, 15 guys that worked on the goddamn thing go public to the New York Times. Because of it the so-called non-whistleblower law. What now? Remember the non-whistleblower law, the Witness Protection Act for disclosure in an orderly process of technology? That is, is law tonight. Biden signed it. So, yeah, you're, you're basically setting up the environment so these people will come forward if the yeah. lie is attempted. So I'm just saying – well, I'm trying to make a simple point that the disclosure of the ET presence is absolutely – uh, it cannot be done without having dealing with a wrath of, of, of problems and public relations issues and conflicts and embarrassment. It, it just it just cannot be done that way. And I think one of the reasons that they've, they've held off so long is you keep waiting for the perfect time when oh it'll be just fine. Nobody's ox gets gored. Nobody no embarrassment. There isn't such a time. All right. Well, and you so, and I know that, but do they know that? They, look at how far yeah, they hard. They know to, that. Look at how hard they, they fought to water down the Schumer. Amendment. Why that much energy if it's inevitable? Because they don't see it as inevitable. Uh, again, uh, when you when you when you tell the, a bunch of corporations that are thinking trillions of dollars that no, you're going to have to stop thinking that way. We'll tell you what you're going to make. They're going to push back. They're not going to think about anything else. They're going to immediately push back. They did fine. They got they got the stuff removed, but. Disclosure changes everything, and they know that. Everybody knows it's this 
massive paradigm shift. Everything changes, and there's going to be winners and losers, and there's going to be huge public relations issues. And one of them is, do you have any gravitic craft? Can they go to the moon? If the answer is yes, yes, then the Artemis is not going anywhere. They're going to dismantle the damn thing, and they're going to apologize like hell. Well, they won't apologize. They'll just say current history. Richard? Yes? This is a little circular. Can I, uh, if I could throw in a thought, uh, Stephen, what they're going to do is play semantics. You know, what? semantics. They're going to play. They're going to play with the words. It's like the, this is a never give in. <laughs> you know, it's like don't give in, never surrender. This is like Galaxy Quest. I mean, <laughs> to them, one of my favorite not, movies. Uh, it's one of the greatest. Yeah, but it's uh, yeah. They're not going to let. They're not going to. Uh, they'll fight every syllable of the way, and they'll say, uh, do you have any gravitic craft capable of going to the moon? And they'll say, no, we do not. Well, do you have any anti-gravitic research? Well, uh, there's the uh, gravity null program, but that's all very theoretical. And Neither. they'll dance it. Huh? They'll this- dance around like crazy. Look, the, the truth embargo made it possible to do this. The truth embargo made a lot of things possible uh, that didn't make any sense and defied common logic. Once the truth embargo is over, it's a it's a sea change, it's a shift, and all of a sudden you're in a different place. And if they try to play the same games post disclosure, it's going to go very very badly. Just, I agree with you. I just said I think they're going to do it. Or they'll try that. Well, they'll try, but, but it'll given go bad, the arrogance, then they'll back off. Given the arrogance of these people, don't you think they're going to try to keep it secret as long as possible till the last man dies? They the have been dog? trying to keep it as long as possible. That's why it's lasted 76 years. Right. But it's coming to an end, and so they're going to have to live with that. Right. They, they, they can, you know, they can just pretend that it didn't happen and go about their way, but it's not going to happen. See, I again look back to FDR and the, you know, there's no such thing as coincidence in politics. Is it coincidental, or is it the luck of the draw, or are we incredibly blessed with providence, or is it a plan that there is a private enterprise, private U.S. corporation tonight with a spacecraft with two incredible anti-gravity space drives on board? within days of being turned on and being tracked by everybody, which will tell everybody it works or it doesn't. Is this just coincidence that in this frame of disclosure controversy about hidden technologies, one of them, when they turn the damn thing on, will be hidden no longer? I have no idea. Uh Richard, that doesn't get around the semantics problem because you keep saying anti-gravity and hyperdimensional physics relative to this mm-hmm. because you have a well-founded perspective on that, you know, from, from two separate directions. But the uh, they'll just say, now look, what we do here is fold space around a craft. And so it's actually relocating without having to go anywhere. You're moving... As they, I think was in one of the Star Trek movies, you're you're moving the space time right? Yeah, that, than, that's the Aca, uh, Aca Cubera drive that's out there. Not yeah, like but the quantum. Will... I'm telling you, the quantum drive if it works will take the conversation, and we literally have 32 seconds left. Who wants to have yeah, the last what word? The... Who wants to have the last word? Make it quick. <laughs> yeah. 
Nobody Which wants the last word. <laughs> well, never, we never know. We never know. Uh, we won't. Uh, they'll say it's the other one. Okay. The other guy. I didn't steal it. It's that guy. That guy over there. The guy picking his nose in the corner. Mm-hmm. Him. They'll be tossing it around from agency to agency. That's what I predict. Okay. Well, guys. I hope not. I hope not. They need to get in the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth business. They'll be well rewarded if they do. Again, Stephen Bassett, Roger Braun, and I rarely agree. Tonight, we do. You're on the other side of midnight. It's the end of the show. Tomorrow night, we're going to be doing Why Do We Have a Stonehenge on the Moon with uh, Sam Mazganovich. It's going to be amazing. Maria Wheatley will join us, and we have surprises. So until tomorrow night, remember, third star on the left, straight on till morning. Good night, everyone. And for God's sake, keep looking up. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.